welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Saturday, June 17th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Had a lot I was going to include that I'm going to put off till tomorrow in regard to COVID-19. Specifically, there's a couple of things we're going to talk about as it pertains to misinformation. I know that's just everything out under the sun today. But uh, that's going to be something I'm going to try to get into very early tomorrow. Tomorrow is Father's Day, and I'm planning on taking my stepfather to see Jackson Brown, in fact. But that will be something I'm trying to do early tomorrow. Instead, today I'm going to focus on some other very important topics that we're going to follow up on in regard to the misinformation, the the game that's played. And it's such a broad topic. Everyone seems to have pointed out Rachel Maddow's, I mean, it seems like a like a, a, a gaffe or however you want to frame it. Maybe it's intentional, though, just to kind of drive home the counter narrative. The, the you know, I, to some degree, it's almost as if they want people to be aware of how broken this is. I have a couple of comments I'll make about some a recent Tucker Carlson clip and so on. And I kind of see that my opinion is how this gets played. People that are in the two party illusion find it very difficult to see things like this. And I certainly could be wrong, but I tend to see it as a kind of an ebb and flow of both sides lying and either side knowing one side is lying when they fail to recognize it on their side. And it kind of just goes back and forth. So when Rachel Maddow comes out and says, we can't knowingly post, you know, post or what she say, post, I'll just say post since I forget the word she used. We won't knowingly post misinformation, you know, things that we know to be false on this platform, which even their own followers kind of chuckled at that because we all know that's not true. But there's an important message to be kind of pulled from that. And as it applies to COVID and a lot of other things, and the real central focus today is how the transgender movement, in quotes, not everybody trans, not everybody gay, just this very surreptitious, insidious movement that is very clearly not about what it seems to be about on the surface. And how this is being used to usher in something that we've always been kind of seeing coming but in a very aggressive way, which we, which we all seem to know it from 1984 is, uh, you know, either wrong think thought crime. And it's not even a, it's not even a hypothetical. I mean, the UK has been talking about this near openly for a while now. The U.S. doing very similar things, but, you know, acting like it's for your best interest and however other way they try to spin this, the U.S. government. But today we're going to focus on that. And that's kind of the overarching point today. The rapid push, like the realization of thought crime as it's very clearly being presented today. It's not about actually breaking the law. It's that your thoughts may lead to that. And even if that's not, that's my opinion, that's not even the point. That it may lead there is the way they kind of soften the blow of saying, you're not allowed to think this anymore. And that's what we're dealing with today in, a, in every possible way. The whole transgender discussion is, is forcing into people's minds counterintuitively that you can just decide what you want. And if you disagree, you, you're, you have to acknowledge that only in certain conversations. But we're allowed to, in that same conversation, say, but we don't believe you. So if I stand up today and say, I'm a woman, they're going to say, no, you're not. Well, okay then. So it's not a choice then. It's a completely subjective thing in certain circles that are allowed only when you guys agree it's acceptable. What is that called? Imaginary. That doesn't make any sense. You are completely subjectively choosing. The problem though, is that we have free will, free speech, and free, you know, you're a free human being. But that line stops when you start coming up against other people's choices, other people's lives, you know, especially when they're minors. Now, we're going to get into all of that and how it pertains to this. But again, 
there's some very serious things in, in that part alone, as I've gone over a lot. And I can't stop seeing because I think it's very, it's, it's unnerving to see where this is going. But it's not necessarily about this one part, as much as that seems to be the part that's most alarming, the focus on your children. It's about sort of a means to an end with a lot of this stuff. And at least this is how I see it. But the sad reality, if you really pay attention, is the the end is far, far darker than what I think we're even in now. But that's my personal opinion. But I'm always feeling more motivated, more positive these days because of how many of you seem to see it. Now, one last thing I want to say before we jump into this today is I really want us to reflect. Somebody said today in a DM with me about, you know, attitude of gratitude. Now, I'm not sure where I think somebody was saying that they were I'm not sure where that comes from. But I think ultimately it's something that really kind of stuck with me today. And I've been thinking about a lot because it's hard not to feel defeated sometimes with what's going on and whether that's because it seems near impossible for platforms like us despite the work and a fraction of the resources putting out the same kind of content interviewing the same kind of people with plenty more resources more ability for you to do your own research and understand things it becoming increasingly more difficult to even get reach but ultimately that the main point I'm going to get to is that I think what we need to recognize, I remember I said, remember I said not too long ago about redefining success, trying to stand back and go, okay, well, what, what does success look like today? I highly doubt we're going to wake up tomorrow and they're going to be like, you got us. You win. We lost. You guys are right. We're hurting people. Take me to jail. As much as that would be the win, right? That's what we're all sort of aiming for is accountability. But I'm not saying we shouldn't try for that, but let's redefine what we think success might ultimately look like in such a controlled world and take the wins where we can. My point is, it's been hard for me to try to recognize that lately and see that we are truly making a difference because I feel like I moved my bar for what I want to accomplish. So I had to remind myself that when I first started this, all I wanted was to be able to change things, to reach people, to influence people's lives in a positive way. Give them a voice they don't, when they don't, where they don't have one. Save them from something I think is causing them harm. And I think, guys, if you take a step back, you'll realize what we've done. I mean, really think about this for a second. Every single thing, again, I don't want to take too much time on this because much as this is super important because I, as I say this now, we're five, 20 minutes in. I want to try to do these things quicker as much as I can. But this is important to reflect on that I think I've reached people. I have personal engagement, emails phone calls with literally somebody on every single continent country in the world. Think about that for a second. I know that sounds crazy, but that's, I I look, I can look at my stats. I can look at the information. It's very clear that we have reached people, influenced the conversation in people and every single country on the planet. That's not a small thing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of mind blowing to realize and yet then still stand back and go, but we're still regarded as some kind of fringe conspiracy thing. Yet we're interviewing the same people as all the corporate media. What's going on, right? The point is, it's never going to be what we want it to be because this is not an honest situation. So we need to take that win. We have changed people's lives. I just got an email just the other day that said, thank God for your work from 2021. I showed my mother who was still wearing a mask and finally got her to sit down, read this and watch it. And after everything, all the things she's been doing, the doctors telling her this, she watched my show which then led her to look at the actual peer-reviewed research. She went through it and has never worn a mask since. How do you see that if not a win? That woman is going to have a healthier, safer, I mean, you know, people are going to dispute all these things, but that in my mind is exactly what we're doing this for. And I think we've saved people's lives. 
So pat yourself on the back because I couldn't do this without you. You are the reason we're here and you are saving just as many lives as anybody else out there. So I just think that's important to point out. Attitude of gratitude, guys. Now, let's get into a couple quick opening points. This is really powerful. And I just really want people to make sure this gets as much reach as possible. Derek Bros just put on an outstanding article. We were going to try to connect on today. It might have to be tomorrow, if not the next day, seeing as how tomorrow's Father's Day. But this is just incredible. This is about, as he titled, the, the fluoride info war. Newly released emails show California dental director, the person you're staring at, alter study to remove negative conclusions. You know how they know this? Because it's in leaked emails between them. Now, I don't want to take too much time because I really want to try to go through this quick. But my God, if you're interested in this, this is not some hyper hyperbolic discussion. This guy and the person they're just engaging with, groups like the EPA and groups like the, or actually specifically, I think it was the NTP, these different groups they're going back and forth with on specifically the report about whether or not fluoride is dangerous to your children are on the record going, well, let's know. We don't want like basically trying to hide the information because it makes fluoride look the way it actually is. Think about how disgusting that is and realize that's everywhere. Now, does this guy somehow rationalize in his mind to make that the right thing because that's how he lives? I don't even care anymore. He's wrong. He's doing a bad thing. And he is hiding that your children are being hurt by something that is ubiquitous in our country alongside all the rest of them. But see, I go off forever. Doxins and pee passes. The point is, please read this and please give it a share. Please make sure people see what's actually going on because this fluoride lawsuit trial has been going on for years and they already know they knew the first year the first report it damages your children's health and it lowers their iq and they keep pushing it back because you can clearly tell they care about east palestine right clearly they tell about every other they don't care about you guys wake up and push this in front of people that need to see it show them the link show them the fact that they're being lied to very important work from Derek rose i just saw this today on the same point of how lack of you know accountability doesn't exist with these kind of people Five charges against SBF dropped by U.S. prosecutors. You know, the group that defrauded all these people and it was a big scandal and everyone was talking about it. But it was weirdly overlap with Ukraine and all these different topics that we didn't really want anyone to look. Oh, don't point at that. Now, hopefully, when you're not paying attention, this is just going to quietly drift in the background for now. Yeah, highly doubt this is ever going to go anywhere because I think we can see that this was not what it looked like. This weird this very uncharacteristic guy, bottom line, I'm not going to judge, but the bottom line is I actually can and will, but in this case, this person does not represent, does not seem to represent what you would expect was going on there. He seems like a patsy either way. Nobody's being held accountable. And I think that makes it far more clear. SBF seeks to sever new charges from the trial. Proceedings may take years. Great. When it's something they care about, boom, bang, boom, two seconds, two days, once it's right out of the right out of the gate, it's done. Right. We've seen things like this already happen where when it's something that really needs focus or really something or, you know, I guess it goes both ways. Either needs or doesn't need. They can make it that way. But when there's really something they want to stretch out for a really long time, it'll take years. And guess what? Two days from now, you're going to forget about this or rather most people will. And that's what they bank on. It won't take a year. Give it a month. And this will be ancient history. And you'll. Most people won't even ask questions about it anymore. But think about how crazy that is with what this was really about. Everything you understand about this country, about the government, about the way these things work is wrong for the average person. We have been misled our entire lives, and it's just time that we own that. Let's own it, move forward, change for the better. Here's something else that I think is just kind of staggering. 
Amazon shuts down customer smart home for a week after delivery driver claimed he heard racist slurs through the ring doorbell. Now, I just mentioned this a moment ago or a couple shows ago, but had to reiterate this, even though nobody was home. This is such a perfect kind of this is a, 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 a perfect example for everything going on. Now, did the driver lie about this? Did he mishear it? Is the guy lying about not being home? Well, no, you can read it for yourself. Either way, the whole point is it's completely subjective. Now, whether or not, let's just say he was home. Let's say he screamed racial slurs through his doorbell. Does this still make sense to you? Does it make sense for them to go, oh, okay, well, we don't like what you're thinking, so we're going to shut down your technology. (laughs) This is obviously a crap. Guys, if you have a smart device in your home, what is wrong with you? How do you not see how this is not in your best interest? Oh, because convenient? <laughs> so you have to forget about ordering milk tomorrow? Come on, guys. What, what happens when suddenly that gets yanked from you and now you don't have to do it? Remember when the Google Maps and stuff, the whole overlap with how people seemingly don't know how to go anywhere anymore or get around without their phone? That's exactly how this will work. Be self-sufficient. The point is the guy wasn't home. Apparently, the, the thing was asking, can you repeat that again? Like a Siri? And that somehow the guy just chose to hear that as racial slurs? But then on top of it, no matter what happened, they shut down the person's home for a week. Now, it's not the entire home. Obviously, this thing is connected to the lights and everything else. He could get inside, but he couldn't access, couldn't turn the lights on, couldn't do anything. At least how he reports it. You can read his own Substack. Bottom line is it shut down his personal device because of what somebody claimed they heard, which, by the way, is not against the law. You can go, yeah, you're a racist POS, but that's his right, isn't it? But apparently not according to Amazon or the technocratic future they're building around you as if it's somehow better. But here's the point. Many people may agree. They may, they may think, you know what, just in case. Maybe they were wrong, but at the very least, it's stopping racism. <laughs> okay, if you think like that, you're going to wake up in a prison very shortly from now and think that you made the right choice until you realize that you can't do anything without the permission of the technocratic lord. I mean, I say things like that. People think you're crazy. But what else do you think this looks like? These people are deciding for you that you're not allowed to think certain things for whatever fill in the blank because it leads to this because it causes violence. It doesn't matter. This is such an obvious slippery slope that is a problem that people are rushing into. Now, on on the couple points about just general lies about what's going on, I just think this is crazy. This is I, I brushed over this on the recent show, but I forgot to point at one of the larger points here. This was the retrospective uh, deposition analysis for the East Palestine derailment. So just cutting to the chase, the point is that I showed you this before, but really, look at what we're staring at here. Do you remember when they 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 shut down and they're only still arguing that like a mile or two mile area was the only area they needed to test for? There's people that were three miles out that they refused to even test their wells, right? Remember what discussion you had or we had if you watched this show? The soot that would carry these things, specifically dioxins, is exactly how this would work. And so what they're showing you is the soot surface, the where it went. So just make it really clear, all the way up here, we're looking at hermitage, or however you, however you would say that, just as a reference point, okay? That's how far this went. The dark area is the, the concentrated, but this is still something. doesn't matter if it's, I mean, it doesn't matter if it, it matters if it's lower, but the point is, people that were, how far away? Almost 40 miles, 35.3 miles away, at least a hermitage. You can clearly tell that it went further than that. The image goes, of course, just stops right there. Of course. <laughs> Clearly, that's not where the hood stops. It's odd. They just don't want you to see that. My point, though, is that, guys, that is 40, 30, 40 miles away. 
That's where soot went, which means dioxins, which means there is some contamination. But nobody seems to care, even with this picture showing you that. I think that's absolutely insulting and crazy. Another note about notes about complete absurd, you know, and this is about controlling the flow of information or your perception on certain things. The media blames climate change for Canadian wildfires, despite multiple arrests of arsonists. You might think that seems crazy until you realize it's very easy to look up Cold Lake area man facing 10 arson charges for string of wildfires. They charge Alberta woman with 32 counts of arson after spring wildfires. Charges laid in a series of intentional set Alberta wildfires, residential arsons. This is May 4th. This one is June 4th. Okay, so you can argue that there's not only thing that happened, right? But doesn't that matter? Now, let's just say none of that even happened. Ask yourself why it even makes sense to say climate change caused these fires. Okay, you, you may be of the belief that the changing weather is in part responsible for creating the conditions that would lead to a wildfire, but really take a minute and realize how stupid, how childish, or like, not naive, but like low bar, like the, this is like you're speaking to somebody in kindergarten. Well, Johnny, climate change caused the fire. Oh, did it? <laughs> so the weather suddenly, like the point would be, if you're going to be honest, you would argue that, well, because of changing weather patterns, it causes the heat to rise, which then causes the grass to burn, which then caused some kind of circumstance which made it more likely to catch on fire. Okay, so that's a pretty abstract thing to say. Climate change caused the fire, which is what you're getting from our high-level journalists today in the corporate media. Really, really, really stupid, ignorant comments like that, because that's what you're supposed to say today. It's crazy to me. Last point on the opening things here. I just want to make sure people saw this. DeSantis put out a clip, which, by the way, I'm willing to bet you this is not the first time. Probably not even the first. Maybe, I'm sure probably Trump's done this before. Probably don't even talk about it. Nonetheless, though, the point is DeSantis put out a video, which Twitter follows up and says this contains fake images. But my point is exactly what I told you was coming. He used deep fakes or rather specifically AI images to make him look like he was hugging and kissing Fauci. Now, some of these are real, I think. Those are real, but these kissing ones, I'm pretty sure those are the, you can see it. Those are the AI images. Here's the article. DeSantis attack ad uses fake AI images. What I tell you guys, it's weird how we, this is the year of the deep fake. We're going to see this happen more throughout this, even if it's Trump doing it back. Okay, the point is, this cat is out of the bag. It's been out for a decade, probably in ways we don't even see. But this is coming. Now you're going to have people that are going to say, oh, that's not me. That's not me in those sexually explicit images. Nope, that's a fake. Prove it. Or things that are, in fact, fakes, which people don't want to acknowledge. That's where this becomes. And it just adds to the concept of nothing means everything. Everything means nothing. So we got to stop it before it gets out of control. we got to stop you from saying certain things. we got to stop you from searching for certain words because, well, it leads to things like this. This is where it all goes, guys. This is all connected. Not necessarily the entire focus of the plan, but these things are interconnected. So let's talk about Twitter and how this plays a role in all this, right? Twitter is this funnel right now that is just aggressively driving people in very specific directions under the guise that somehow everything changed, which things changed. Yes, I'm back on Twitter, even though I was already there. The point is I got my other account back, which I don't know how long that's going to last. We'll see. But realize that this is not different. If you just take a step back away from the two-party screamers who tell you everything couldn't be better over here, you'll realize that you're being lied to, and it's not hard to prove. Here is an example of a video, as you can just quickly see, of, of searching for Robert in Lakesh. 
and you'll find that it doesn't show up under people, under his name, under his under his uh, handle at Palestine 37. It's not there. It's just not there. Right there. See? Explain that. Is that a glitch? Sure. That's what people want to take. If he, if Twitter, if he comes up and goes, oh, we've discovered the glitch. Everyone's going to go, we knew it. Okay, prove it, man. <laughs> show me that wasn't just a choice and show me that. Like, either way, the bottom line is people just want to believe this because they do. It's two-party game. It's, it's team sport politics. But I asked them both, have you, I thought you said this wasn't happening anymore. Now, of course, some people took that as me going, please, Elon, help me. You're not paying attention if you think that's what I'm saying. This is just acknowledging, showing people out there that this is still happening. Below, you can see undeniable shadow banning of Robert Inlikesh. And many have sent me similar info showing it's happening to me and many others. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Now, it's important to see this so we understand that it's happening because it's happening to a lot of other people. Here's something Texas Lindsay points out. Now, she does say, why is Twitter 3.0? So I'm guaranteeing this is something we're going to start to see, which I, I like Texas Linda. I think she does good work. And she, we've interviewed her in the past about her focus on, she's done good work on COVID. And, but nonetheless, she tends to be a little bit apologist for Elon, which I get. People want to believe in him and want to believe it's going to change everything. And I'm sure it does, doesn't do negative things to their reach. But the ultimate point for me is that why are we assuming it's now 3.0? So that what that is is saying, oh, so it's no longer 2.0, which was Elon. It's 3.0, which is probably indicative of Yaccarino. So it's an easy way to just pass right over Elon's accountability for hiring her. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. But it says, why is Twitter 3.0 silencing the vaccine injured? Well, to be clear... It always was. That never stopped. Endless amounts of people have been showing you this. Dr. Shiva's been showing you this. Uh, Sam Husseini, a lot of people out there are going to look at what's still happening. And you get the Cernoviches and the rest of them out there going, everything's so amazing. Twitter's changed the world. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I can't take that seriously. I don't know how anybody can take people like that seriously when you can't acknowledge the obvious censorship that is still happening. It's the same as always, guys. People holding, as I wrote desperately, to this fantasy that's so much better today than before, are, are, I mean, in my opinion, they're not doing this for truth. Anyone still promoting the two-party illusion, in my opinion, is either lying about it or can't tell the difference, and I think that's a big deal. I'm going to keep harping on that because I really, I, I, I think most Americans agree with that, and yet we somehow can't seem to get past it. I think it's because the narrative is anchored to this. No matter what we actually think, because if we acknowledge that that's not their entire game goes away. Now, just to reiterate, if you want to rewatch the show, please do. We called this back on December 11th, 2022, that the Twitter files are the trust the science for the media. That's what this is. Can we acknowledge that now? Are we able to stand back and go, oh, it didn't happen. Where are the Fauci files? Where's all the source material you promised? Oh, weird, it didn't actually happen. And also, oh, weird, all those people that were saying you were wrong are no longer saying anything. Is that how? What else is that besides dishonesty? All the Matt Wallace's out there that were screaming about everything pro-Elon weirdly haven't pointed out that we never got any source material. Weirdly haven't pointed out that they just ran away from the Fauci files. Please explain that to me. And please explain why anybody still gives them any credence. It blows my mind. But that's what it was, guys. I mean, again, as I said during this part, it was real stuff. Screenshots of things that we're assuming were there, but we've already proven before we ever got there for the vast majority of it. It wouldn't surprise me if even the things we didn't prove before were actually based on truth, just to get people to go, yep, we're going to buy it based on a screenshot. So the next time it comes around, it won't be, and you'll still take it at face value. 
it's very clear to me how this is being played. And now we're past it, and they still can't admit that it didn't work out the way that they were promised. But guess what? This is going to upset certain people who think we're on a certain line, and then suddenly, oh, Ryan's a liberal now. (laughs) No, no, I'm just able to see through both sides of the game. Twitter halts promotion of a campaign video due to abortion advocacy. Now, you can read through this for yourself. I guarantee there's a both side to both. The bottom line is, as far as I can tell, Twitter hasn't spoken up saying not true. I can see that this did happen. They reached out. A Twitter employee said to them, the mention of abortion advocacy is an issue here. Now, all that really happened was they just weren't promoting it. It's still there. Now, that, that's, I, I, would, I could be objective and argue that's better, I guess, whatever that might mean than it was before. But I think we're in a much more insidious kind of surreptitious censorship campaign today. It's more about aggressive obfuscation than actual censorship. But the point is, it's still happening. So now, and and I would even argue, if you want my true, like real two-party illusion opinion, this is about trying to drive the needle the other way. It's about giving people the excuse to be like, see, now it is censoring for the right as it was censoring for the left before. And hopefully, I would argue, driving a lot of people on the right to justify censorship, just like we see everywhere. Justifying suddenly taking guns away from people because they're a certain, well, isn't that, I thought it was shall not be infringed. Suddenly you guys are saying, not the trans people. You're being played, guys. If you can't see that, I don't think you want to. Either way, this did happen. So it's just, a, it's, it's selective and it is, it's, it's like anything else. And I think it's about driving us against ourselves, guys. Gummy made a very interesting point here. There's a recent post that went out on, I guess, public, which I think that's just a Substack. I wasn't able to find the actual, oh, here, actually, never mind. This was the one right here. I was looking at Matt Schellenberger's tweet from it, and I wasn't able to find it, but I forgot they included it here. So this is the article. I'm going to actually, I'll close it so I have more space, but this is from, as you can see, Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Alex Gutentag. First people sickened by COVID-19 were Chinese scientists that we want us to. Now, you know, I haven't talked about this. You can read through it for yourself. Quite frankly, I don't, First of all, it's just like any, just like, for instance, uh, um, the Nord Stream Pipeline, Seymour Hearst article. It's also based on sources that we can't confirm. So that's anything like this doesn't mean you dismiss it, especially with people. You know, bottom line is you you look into it, you read it. But what's interesting to me is it's it's as if Seymour Hearst wrote an article about the Nord Stream Pipeline that said inside sources said it was Russia. I mean as much as that would be just as likely, <laughs> the point is that people would be like, hmm, well, isn't that exactly what they want us to think? So that's kind of how I felt about this. But it's worth reading. There is some in here that I think is important, but it seems odd to me. I'll just read from Gumby. I agree with this. It's amusing, Gumby says, for Matt Taibbi, but as well as the rest of them. Specifically for Matt, though, he writes, to spend the, la- the past decade railing against the media's WMD failure only to push this article providing, quote, case-closed evidence, at least that's how Schellenberger's framing it, pinned COVID's origin on major U.S. adversaries sourced exclusively to anonymous USG officials. Now, it doesn't mean this stuff is necessarily false, but I feel like there's a lot of narrative control here, not from necessarily Schellenberg, I don't know, but they seem to be taking, you know, what they're being given and reporting it, which is what a journalist is supposed to do, but at the fair, you read the article, it, it kind of does seem like they're just ex- taking this at face value, but that, I'll let you read and decide for yourself. The bottom line, though, is everything in here seems to undermine certain very clear, valid I don't think we can pretend this is one side or the other anymore. I think we're far past that. But yet this ultimately seems to pin it only on the U.S. government and only 
essentially from it's like and like the way we framed this from the beginning. The U.S. government outsourced to China and then abused the situation or so on. But I think it's both of them involved. That's my opinion for, for very obvious reasons, like the patents and conversations we've had. But either way, I do find this very interesting to the point to where I'm a little bit skeptical of, you know, suspicious even. Why are we then like doubling down on this government said narrative of and again, when we talk about the lab, does that mean leak? Does that mean weapon? Or is there even really a difference? You know, these are all conversations that I think we need to have. Or we have had. Anyway, I, you guys can read through this for yourself. I nonetheless. Oh, I think there was one other point that. Uh, yeah, it's right there. I think I have these mixed up. Oh, oh, that's why I put it here. So the point was on this. We're talking about the origin. And this says no later than Sunday. All of a sudden, weird timing, right? June 16th. This comes out on June 13th. Then it says. No later than Sunday, America's director of national intelligence must, by law, quote, declassify and make public all information relating to the origins of COVID, says the Telegraph. It's just like, oh, my God, do, why do we think this stuff means anything? As I said, well, good thing for them. They don't care about the law, only how it can be used to control you. How are those JFK files coming along? Same point. It's called a controlled release. And I don't know why we don't. Some people don't accept that just yet. But my point is it seems very odd timing. And then how much you want to bet they dump out information that seems to kind of correlate with what they want you to think. And they, oh, so we didn't, you know, we, we're, our hands are tied. We have to release it. I don't believe that. I, I, I've said forever, even FOIA requests, I don't believe, why, I don't know why we would think they would give us things that would put them in trouble. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody ever involved with that process is knowingly on the hook for these things. But my point is it's controlled and we must see that by now. But the Censored News points out, serious question. Why does Schellenberger at all not report more on Twitter's current censorship regime it's a great question it's very clearly happening they're working with greenblatt and the adl and they're openly censoring hate speech hate speech is not a crime that's censorship guys and they're censoring things around the transgender conversation we've proven that to you they censored matt walsh's documentary until it got enough clear pushback they i think they realized that wasn't going to fly so they put it back but still happened there's still doctors being censored there's still covid information being community noted in false ways saying masks work and so i mean it's just crazy to me that we still pretend this is not the same thing but it says as you probably know matt taibbi you're just one of the many people who have fallen victim to twitter 2.0's version of shadow banning and i wanted to show you this in case you hadn't seen it so even as they're writing this article and even now it's seeming it seems they kind of like posted it on twitter without this link it was very strange at least schellenberger did so it shows you they're still leaning into that but it's odd that matt's a part of that when this is what he's saying he says, let's just go back to the original tweet, the first part of it anyway. It's saying that uh, Twitter blocked promotion of the campaign video. This is the abortion rights point. And this person says, surely a free speech ab- absolution, ab- absolutist such as yourself would have a perspective on this. I get why he gets frustrated by this, because he has been pretty clear since the whole time. That's all sides, right? But people see what they want to see, hear what they want to hear, because two-party illusion. But he says, I'm getting a little tired of being asked to comment on Twitter's behavior toward other accounts when no one seems to give an S that they've been suppressing thousands of Substack writers, including me. Wake up, guys. Where is everybody? Matt Taibbi is not clearly not fighting. He's not on the Twitter file side anymore. Or at least you can see that there's openly censorship happening. Why is that so difficult for ever? Like, it's, it's anyway. I'm not, I got to remember time, 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 keep moving. So this person says, or, or this question, how is Substack doing on promoting your voice? Just ask another question. And he simply goes again, any independent journalist who volunteers or puts his work on a platform that's already proven it's willing to censor is making an idiotic business decision. He's talking about Twitter guys. At least Substack won't mess with my content. He says, fair point. Why not both? 
Twitter allows you to put your content behind a subscription banner. This guy's just clearly shilling for Twitter for the most part because they've censored my content, he says. It's an obvious question, obvious answer. Why should I put money in their pocket and take away from a company in Substack that defends, supports independent media? Now, of course, to those that want to frame this as him being like anti-free speech Twitter, which weird how that went 30 seconds ago, he was fighting for free speech, is going to make it out to be that he's making money on Substack and it's about that, you know, blah, blah, blah. People see what they want to see. It's pretty embarrassing when you really break it down today. But last point, just to make clear, so you understand, weird timing, right? Comes out today after all of this. Guess what? Breaking news. The Twitter team continues to find shadow bans buried deep in the Twitter code. Are we serious? Just last week, they found a measure that stopped accounts assigned a low reputation score from trending. This shadow ban even applied to Elon's account and prevented his tweets from trending. I guess we'll take it at face value. Sure. Why not? Bottom line is, what does this do? I'm not even saying it's false. I don't know. I frankly don't care. What I do know is that all this does is continue to stretch out this never-ending excuse. Forever, until the end of time, it's going to be, oh, oh, it's probably one of those buried things we didn't find. Or is it censorship from the same people doing the same things they always have been? I'm tired of being having to argue against this over and over and over, and we can see it continuing to happen. It's not an accidental ban when you're censoring transgender conversation. It's not an accidental shadow ban when they're continuing to do that to Robert Inlikesh, which, by the way, wasn't happening two weeks ago. So if we're going to pretend it was some buried shadow ban, why did it go back and forth? Not buying it, guys. We're being lied to. Now, talking about being lied to, I think this is something we have to touch on, is the absurdity that is Rachel Maddow and the absurdity that is the lie of the corporate media being the arbiters of truth or continuing to fight, like the honesty that they try to frame themselves as. Like, we care about the truth. Now, what's sad is that people listening to this are going to think, yeah, all the Democrat channels. Yeah, all those Republican channels. It's all of them, guys. <laughs> it's all of them. Both sides of the illusion that is the two-party paradigm are actively misrepresenting the truth as, act, as often as possible. I, we need to get past that. But here's where she says this, where I just said, that's good. I needed a good laugh today. Here's what she has to say, if you can believe this. We're supposed to. Now, I need to say that former President Trump has just started uh, making public remarks, just as he did on the evening of his first arraignment on criminal charges. That was April, when he was booked on 34 felony counts brought by the state of New York. Now, tonight, after his arraignment on federal felony charges, he's speaking again, this time to an audience of his supporters that's gathered for a, a campaign fundraiser tonight at his, his golf club and summer home in New Jersey. Um, we knew heading into this that he was planning to make these remarks. We are prepared for his pre-fundraiser remarks tonight to again be essentially a Trump campaign speech. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live. Um, as we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast <laughs> untrue things. We are here to wow. bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations, no matter who says them. So why would they? So here's the obvious, honest question, like trying to avoid, like pull back from the obvious absurdity that this is clownish. Like, this is about as embarrassing as it gets. Like, nobody takes this person seriously. I really don't think that. But the bottom line is, you don't know that, right? So what it really is saying is that Trump's a liar. We know he's a liar. So we're just going to make sure we don't show it until we can verify that he's not. So you're assuming that ever, do you do that for anybody else? Do you do that for Biden, despite how often he's been wrong? 
They all lie to us. They know that. So this is really nothing other than trying to make it seem they're trying to cement in your mind or people that they're dwindling numbers that Trump is a liar. That's all this is about. This is a petty campaign effort from the corporate media that's not supposed to be helping other campaigns. But the point is obviously how embarrassing that truly is for very, very clear reasons. Here's Milk Bar TV. Does tip the scales decisively in favor of you going and getting that shot that you really don't want is this. It's that you really do not want to be the person who gets it and then spreads it to other people. God forbid, if you don't get vaccinated because of whatever's driving your reluctance, I don't care. I understand. It's all reasonable stuff in many cases. But God forbid, if you don't get vaccinated and then you get COVID and you unknowingly spread it to other people who you know or who you encounter, and those people get sick from it or die from it. Those people give it to their family members, and then their mom or their dad dies from it because of you, because you wouldn't get vaccinated. I mean, God forbid. I mean, could you live with yourself in that circumstance? If you had the choice to get vaccinated and you decided, no, I'm scared, and then that decision cost somebody else that you know their life because they got it from you. It's always about framing you as being scared, right? That, again, it's petty. It's all it is. These people don't think you're scared. I mean, somebody who may be wildly uninformed, which a lot of them actually are, may. But overall, it's about trying to be, it's a derogatory statement about making you out to be the coward. When really, it's the complete opposite. Why, why, Why would it, I mean, even think, it's just like the climate change fire point. How does it even make logical sense? So you're telling me that I'm afraid of what exactly a needle and so therefore i'm going to risk what you're telling us is a real pandemic it just it doesn't even make sense the obvious reality is somebody who gets it without knowing the information without full long-term studies without all everything we talk about that's fear they use fear to drive injections they've admitted this themselves so what you're looking at is a coward framing themselves as the champions it's not for you i mean if you get vaccinated your risk of getting really sick or dying from covid yourself that risk drops to basically zero. Think about that statement. How and look, and we're going to make this clear in a couple quick points. That was true from day one, or no, that was not true from day one. Like they're, they're, they, and I've said, how long have I been saying this? I, I even predicted they're going to blame it on this. They're going to say everything changed with Omicron, or everything changed. Except that doesn't even line up with with, with Walensky's own statements. One day it's Omicron, the next day it was Delta. The point is, I'm going to show you this. They're caught lying right now. It's as plain as day. All the science completely continues to back up what we've always been saying. Their own statements show them to be dishonest and lying, and yet it somehow still stumbles forward because we live in a very controlled and alarming sort of situation. Now, again, when we get into the transgender point of this, it's obviously at a point where this, it's right here, it was just about shaming and scaring, right? We're very quickly getting into the realm of it's actually now illegal, which was flirted with during COVID. It happened a lot. But now you see it's coming to a point where it's not just about risking grandma's life. It's now about the fact that not only are you risking lives, because somehow they've warped this into killing trans people, which I'm not even sure how they make that argument, but also that you're just a bigot and a racist, which leads to mass shootings, which leads to Nazis and white supremacy. It's this runaway train of nonsense, but that's what this leads to. And now it's coming all the way back to where we have to stop it now. You can't say these things. You can't like certain posts. Otherwise, we're going to find you. We're going to arrest you. All this is real. And that's true with all the vaccines. If you get vaccinated with all of them, <laughs> apparently either she means all vaccines ever, which is really stupid, or all COVID vaccines ever, which is even stupid, even more stupid. AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, they're the ones that now say those are more dangerous, even though they're not. So it doesn't matter how you spin this. 
she was either blindly repeating what somebody said, Walensky most likely, or didn't care. In any case, there's no defending the statement now. Not when she said it, not when it first started, not after Omicron. No matter where you place the statement, it was always wrong. And they know that now. They don't care. Vaccinated. Yeah, you saved yourself. I know you don't care. More importantly, you have saved everybody else because now you're like 90% less likely to get infected and to be able to transmit it to anyone else. Nope. The, stat, the data now shows that they are the, but the vast majority, three to four times more likely to catch and spread it in most cases than anybody else. That's going all the way back to 2021, 2022 data from the UK, which we've shown you. Now, I'm not going to get into the COVID focus until tomorrow morning, but there's a new study that came out that shows you, again, I think it's the third one now, that shows you the more injections you get, the higher your risk of getting sick. We just showed you one like a week ago. There's another one that just came out. Why? Because the science is very clear. Not when you trust it, though, right? You trust the science. It seems to say something else. Isn't that strange? So... Even if you don't want to, get your vaccine so you don't ever kill anybody with COVID. Yes, it will protect you. But honestly, it's not for you. It's so you don't kill other people. It's so you don't spread it to other people. Because how could you live with yourself if you knew that you had done that? I mean, are you scared of getting the shot? Me too. See? Who's, what do you mean scared? You're scared of getting the shot. I thought it was safe and effective. (laughs) What are you talking about? These people are lunatics. Get a shot. 114 million of us have had it. The number of people who have died from getting the shot is zero. So even when she said that, that was verifiably fake, even according to their own statistics. But now we know that they've been hiding and lying and obfuscating the entire time. The evidence is overwhelming. Largest number we've seen in history in this discussion. But apparently Rachel Maddow doesn't care about people's lives. If you have been telling yourself this story that you're playing it safe, that you're not getting the vaccine because the vaccine is a relatively new thing. So you're playing it safe and not getting the vaccine. Think about it. If there are two paths and at the end of one path, there are zero deaths. And at the end of the other path, there are more than a half million deaths. You know, quite honestly, I think this person is just dangerously misinformed. And I, I also don't think she cares. I think she's an opportunist and a profiteer. But at the same time, I don't think she's that informed at all. I don't think she has any idea. I think she's probably now reflecting how embarrassing it is that she blindly went along with what she was told to say. Right. Again, not that she really cares, but just think about how crazy that is. This last part that she just said. Because the vaccine is a relatively new thing. Yeah. Right. So what you're saying is, so we don't have evidence. It's new. It's experimental. We don't have long term data. We don't even know if it's safe or pregnant with other other vaccines or anything. But but do it because you're a bad person. Like, think about the kind of person it takes to push such an obviously unscientific and dangerous argument, even at that time, even with what they were claiming to be the truth, which wasn't. Even if it was as safe as she claimed it was then. You're telling people, do it though, even though you don't know. And that's supposed to be logic? That's supposed to be science? These people are caught. I mean, this is my point. Now, that doesn't guarantee accountability, but my God, I think everybody sees this right now. So you're playing it safe and not getting the vaccine. Think about it. If there are two paths, and at the end of one path, there are zero deaths. And at the end of the other path, there are more than a half million deaths. Which one's the safer path? Right. You mean all those deaths that were that were shown provably to be tests taken by people that were already sick in the hospital or a bunch of elderly people in nursing homes, all this stuff that we prove we've proven that they've been forced to admit. And yet they just stand there with their smug personalities and act like you've been wrong the whole time. It is okay to feel reluctant or oogie or scared and not want to get it. That is nothing to be ashamed of. Oogie? I'd be ashamed to use that word as a journalist. But feel the fear and do it anyway. Get it. Because 
most of all, it is not for you. It is to keep you from getting it and then spreading it. By the way, that's one of the most important lies, right? Because that was never the case. Not only did they never find out, because as we've proven long before that discussion in the European Parliament, amazing that we can't we still everyone the corporate discussion or even most of the independent media still pegs that one thing is where we found out guys t labs been saying this from 2020 so have a lot of independent media but yeah this is how the game works today nope it was that first question from what's his name rue i forget his name now which was a great question but that's the think of it so the point is we go forward in history even within the independent media we still regard that as the moment that's not true that's a problem, isn't it? Even within our own conversation, you know why? Because we're led by a bunch of screaming two-party illusionists at the top of both the false parties that still in some way drive the independent media. It's infuriating. And it's not about credit. It is about the truth. And the reality being that Forbes wrote about it in 2020. Tal Zaks admitted this in 2021, well before that point came out, that they didn't even try to find out why. Because as he said, we, they already knew this wasn't going to happen. And even Forbes wrote that in their 2020 article. They knew that it wasn't going to stop this. And yet they lied to you. It's about saving grandma. Nope, not even remotely. But we're the misinformation spreaders, right? Here she is again. But we can't knowingly broadcast untrue things. Well, maybe because she's just too stupid to know that she was wrong. That's certainly possible, but I don't think she cares. Well, let's talk about Walensky in the same conversation. Here's some other clips that we, would, we just went over a couple of them, but I wanted to play you a few more just to show you how aggressively false all of this stuff is. Here's Jim Jordan, as, the, as Wittgenstein points out, brutally confronting Walensky with her own past statements. I now recognize Mr. Jordan from Ohio. For Thank you, Mr. Minutes. Chairman. Doctor, why did you and the Biden administration mislead the American people? Um, you'd have to say more. I'm Mark- <laughs> you got to love that. And she very quickly was like, oh, that didn't come out right. American people. Um, you'd have to say more. I'm Mar- wouldn't claim March that 29, I 2020. <laughs> I wouldn't claim I did. <laughs> I just love that. Oh, you have to say more? So you're, you're confused on which time you misled people? Let me clarify. This time. I just think that's hilarious. I don't, she, she, was, she was clearly under the, undefensive the whole time during because she should be. And it was funny the way she was trying to kind of be smug and cavalier about it. And that was meant to be kind of like a snide remark, but it made her look stupid. Like, I don't know which one you mean. <laughs> I've lied so many times. I'm not sure which one you're talking about. I just thought that was pretty funny. 21, vaccinated people do not carry the virus. Vaccinated people don't get sick. We got that information from clinical trials, but also real-world data. seems to me there are a number of statements you make in there that aren't accurate. Um, Do vaccinated people carry the virus? In March of 2021, um, the vast majority of data demonstrated that the vast majority of people were not getting infected if they were vaccinated. And that's, that's blatantly false, guys. You can look up our own work on this. You can show us literally in that month of March 2021, reviewing the UK data, reviewing the Ontario data, reviewing the data from New South Wales, reviewing the information that made it very clear, both per 100,000 as well as majority, the people vaccinated were being, getting sick more than anybody. And yet here she is just screening lies. Now, what I don't understand is why, like, I know it's not as easy to bring this stuff up in displays, but why don't they ever do that? Why don't they bring this up and go here? We can prove that you're lying. Show me the data that you're talking about. The, the selectively cherry picked data from the CDC that omits certain periods or ho- looks back at old months when nobody was vaccinated. Remember that whole scam where they came out in 2021 and said pandemic of the unvaccinated when it turned out the year and the time they were using was 90% before vaccines were ever given. 
How do you not acknowledge such an obvious deception? Some people did, but most people don't know that happened. Ted, you didn't say the vast majority of people. You said vaccinated people do not carry the virus. Was that accurate? And that's not a good point, actually. It's important that we point out the hyperbolic nature, and they're going to act like they were speaking in, in, you know, I don't know how they want to frame it, but that's a statement you make that when, as a CDC director, and people are going to go, oh, so I can't get sick. Not assume you mean most, but here they are trying to drag that line out. Uh, it was generally accurate. Generally accurate. Generally accurate. Why not just be accurate? Why not just tell the American people the truth? Why not say? Why not you say to the American people just what you said to me? We're big She's boys and girls. We pay your salary. The government is supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people. Why not just tell us the truth? Uh, I was speaking. Was six weeks later when you said if you were to get infected during post-vaccination, you can't give it to anyone else. Was that accurate? Uh, what was the date of that? May 19, 2021. Um, at the time we had the Wuhan strain and then the Alpha strain that was the Alpha strain that was circulating. That was generally true, yeah. Generally true again? Why not again? Why not tell the American people this is generally true? Um, I couldn't tell you the exact data on the vaccine effectiveness of symptomatic disease and severe disease at the time. What I can tell you is that we generally saw that if you were to get infected after you had been vaccinated, that you were not carrying the virus by transmitting it to somebody else. Yeah, again, provably false. Same point. It's all on record in the last American Vagabond. If you want to look up the data, it's not me just talking to things on a camera or saying platitudes and different overview observations about things that we all seem to know. It was me going through the scientific literature. It was me going through the data coming directly from the government and proving to you that that was not true. Simple as that. In an honest world, people doing that kind of work would be seen as the leading discussion, right? Not today. And I'm, I'm not even the leading one, guys. There's plenty of other people out there that were doing, and doctors that were doing that, that lost their jobs, that don't have accounts anymore, right? That's what happens to the truth today. You could not transmit it to others. But we know that's not accurate. It was at the time. No, now, what really? happened? Yes, in really? May of 2021. It, what, that was- pretending it stopped transmission at some point. This is why it's important to go. See, this is my point, guys. It, ask yourself whether that question in European Parliament in 2022, I think, was that what it was? I forget the year. Either way, 2021, 2022, where the question came up and it was about stopping transmission. So if we pretend that was where we went forward from, this gives her the opportunity to lie and say, well, before 2021, that wasn't the case. She's lying. This is why it's important to go back to the original point, to go to the Forbes discussion of the actual preclinical information from 2020 or Talzak's admitting that before that ever came out, because then it shows you it never did. And they knew that. But when you give them the open, if we pretend that the line coming from the two party illusion at the top of the two party sides are telling you that that's the point or no, all denying it. So that becomes the turning point of the conversation. It was either there or it wasn't. We failed to realize that it was always a Ever present. It was there from day one. And that's why that's so important, because that's an obvious. Hap, that was true really? for the alpha variant. What, what well, happened? Let me ask you about the, all the general statements that were made to the American people, not general statements, the way you guys said it. You said, uh, was it our tax dollars? Were our tax dollars used in the lab in, in China? Uh, that is something that you would have to speak to NIH about. Our she tax dollars obviously knows that. But you see, what a stupid. That, this is the kind of dishonesty you get. We're used. Uh, it, it sure looks like it was gain-of-function research. It sure mm -hmm. looks like it actually came from the lab. And we've had several agencies, federal agencies, say that's, in fact, where the virus originated. The Biden administration told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it. We know that's not accurate. The, the Biden administration told us the vaccinated couldn't transmit it. They told well, Trump did, too, by the way.
let's just kind of skip right past that part, of course, because two-party illusion, you know. This mass works, and they told us there was no such thing as natural immunity. That seems to me to be, what, seven different statements that turned out not to be true that we got from this administration. Again, why not just tell the American people the truth? Um, so I would dispute some of what you just said. In October oh. 2021, <laughs> CDC released a scientific brief highlighting all of the science that was out there on infection-induced immunity, and there, I, I don't know. And of course, they just happened to miss some of these larger peer-reviewed studies that showed the opposite. But I guess that was just an accident. The long list that you, I don't remember all the long list, but there are numerous areas where we have provided science um, and the science review to, to provide data to the American people as soon as we had it. I actually think what happened is you actually tried to be honest with the American people and the Biden administration shot you down. You remember when you said this in February, this is before you made these statements, which I think are not, uh, not being square with the American people. You said vaccination of teachers is not a prerequisite for safely reopening schools. Did you make that statement? Uh, something to that effect. I can't exactly say the quote, but yeah. Now, this is a really important dynamic right here that shows you that even somebody like her, who we can prove is being a liar, who is provably dishonest, at whatever reasoning put out a statement that the White House didn't appreciate, and you can clearly see that she walked it back, even in the way she responds here, that she doesn't want to have to say out loud that, yes, what she said about me, KJP, was wrong. So think about this, and this is an important point that shows you that politics are the ones guiding the science, not the other way around. This is the, this is the director of the CDC. Vaccinations of teachers is not a prerequisite for safely reopening schools. I think you made that statement on February 3rd. Um, do, you, do you stand by that statement? Um, at the time, yeah. I, I, that we, we had an, uh, a week later or 10 days later, we had an operational guidance that demonstrated layered mitigation strategies and that you could safely reopen. Were you, speaking as, were you speaking as Dr. Walensky or were you speaking as Dr. Walensky, head of the CDC? Um, I have said that while I've been in front of Congress and the media um, and press conferences, I, during my tenure as CDC director, I've been speaking as the CDC director. But that's not what the White House said, right? Uh, Jen Psaki said, Dr. Walensky spoke to this in her personal capacity. Do you remember that statement? Sorry, Jen Psaki, the, the, old, the other one that could actually you know, maintain full sentences. I do. Uh, who's right? See, uh, right. You Jen Psaki would... or you? Well, I will tell you that I was speaking in my, my um, looks role to me, as the CDC looks to me Looks to me like what happened is in February, you said, I'm going to be honest with the American people. I'm going to give it to them straight. Vaccination of teachers is not a prerequisite for safely opening schools. And the Biden administration hung you out to dry. They said, nope, she ain't talking for us. She ain't talking as the head of the CDC. She's talking as Dr. Walensky. And then a month later. Well, think about that. That's not supposed to be the way this works, right? The CDC is supposed to be an independent agent. The White House is not supposed to be able to dictate or have the final say on what the CDC director says which we know is happening, either because she's too meek to say anything or because that's the way this works. Either way, even she was like, well, yeah, and she kind of laughingly brushed it off that she was, so they lied. She just said, yes, but Saki lied. They said that, that wasn't true. I said I was speaking on my, um, as the CDC director, and they came out and said, nope, she's saying the from her own personal standing. Just think about how important that point is. That's the entire COVID-19 illusion. We are being manipulated by politics. There's nothing else. To, science is a secondary fa factor, if at all considered. You said, well, you know what? I better not be totally honest with the American people. So I'm going to say vaccinated people do not carry the virus and they don't get sick. And everyone understands, like, wow, I know someone who's been vaccinated and they've gotten sick afterwards. I think I what happened is you try to be honest and they said no. And then you said, well, I'm going to have to hedge a little bit. I'm going to have to give the American people misleading statements from the head of the CDC. You were speaking as head of the CDC in both situations, right? 
I have said I've been speaking as the head of the CDC. All the time? Yeah. Well, it would have been nice if you'd have just been honest and straightforward with the American people every single time throughout this, uh, throughout this virus. With that, I yield back. Yeah. Well, that would be unique to any U.S. politician, but let's pretend like it's just about left and right and whatever they want to frame it as. But it's important to see, this, see these points. Here's another one. Still to this day, she says, we see remarkable effectiveness at preventing ICU stays and preventing death. Fake news. Absolute lie. I mean, this is so frustrating how they just state complete falsehoods. The science, the peer-reviewed science, the body of scientific literature around this is completely contradictory to that. But doesn't matter because you're a conspiracy theorist if you say otherwise. The in, uh, due to the constant inconsistencies, the contraindication or the the, the uh, contradictions and the lack of transparency from the Biden administration, CDC, the FDA, and the White House as well. Many Americans have lost trust in, in, in our public health officials, and we've talked about that at length in a variety of these hearings. Uh, as I've mentioned before, regaining America, America's uh, trust in our public health officials should be among our top priorities right now. But to do so, we do have to expose some of the misinformation and the misconceptions that were used, unfortunately, as an excuse to disrupt and control almost every aspect of our life for, for, for quite some time. Uh, Director Walensky, this is a tweet that you posted in August of 2020 before your tenure as, before your tenure as CDC director in response to a tweet from previous CDC director. Uh, he, he writes, uh, am I hopeful that we, have a vac- that we will have a vaccine in the coming months? Yes. Do I think this will get us back to pre-COVID reality? No. Vaccines take a long time to get to people. They often have stumbles and rollout, and they don't protect perfectly. It's very important, but it won't end COVID. And you replied, spot on. Combating COVID-19 requires a comprehensive, multi-pronged approach. Masks, tests, treatments, vaccines. Those holding out for a vaccine alone are going to be sorely disappointed. Time to beef up the dimensions we have on hand already. In this tweet, think about that. Right. So what she's going to tell you, as they always do, is, oh, new information came along. Right. And which which you have to at least consider because that's what should be happening. The point is, that's not what they're doing, which the point would be that they should be evolving their opinion based on the current level of science. But that's not even the case. Right. The point is, she said whether she realized this, she agreed with something that contradicted the current status, which vaccines are the only thing that matter. There's no such thing as treatments, nothing and everything. That's what we saw. We all know that. Natural immunity suddenly vanished. There's no such thing as other treatments, not vitamin D, not exercise. None of it matters. It's all fake news. Take the dangerous injection that's going to kill you in many cases or COVID's going to take your life. However they frame this, fear-mongering. And then she switched the moment that they told her to. You clearly indicate that vaccines alone will not be enough to combat COVID-19. However, as the CDC director in July of 2021, you coined what I believe to be a divisive slogan, the pandemic of the unvaccinated, uh, suggesting that unvaccinated are the reason the pandemic persists and to some extent pitting the vaccinated against the unvaccinated, which uh, did, I don't think did any favors, uh, which appears this, but this appears to directly contradict your 2020 tweet. What caused you to reverse your opinion? I wouldn't call it a reversal of opinion. All of our guidance has demonstrated that we have layered mitigation strategies. We have all of the things that I comment on in the tweet. What, um, what I, I, I meant by the pandemic of the unvaccinated is that the people who were dying were largely the unvaccinated. And the whole point was to say, if you want to prevent severe disease and death, you should get vaccinated. You can do all of these other things, and all of them helped. There was all this layered mitigation. I mean, come on. I mean, this is just straight up rewriting history. So we're going to pretend that we didn't get driven aggressively away from literally anything but a vaccine? I mean, that's what they kept saying, that the vaccine is the only way out of this. That's not layered treatment. 
I mean, for crying out loud, I have my family members that were, I guess, tricked by this to begin with. That went in and basically said, well, they, but they got told when they said they were given that they got tested and said they had COVID to go home. Come back if you get sick. That's literally what they were told. How in the world is that treatment? That is, come back when you're about to die, and then we'll help you die with a ventilator. The idea that they pretended like that was the only thing. These are doctors. They know better. Some cases. Well, here is an obvious example of one of the lies she spins in that for time. I'm going to go past it. On July 2021, she says one thing. And June 2023, she says something else that it's very important to understand And this is what we were saying about how their current statements are directly contradicting what they said before. And you can see it if you care to be honest about this. Here's what she said. Clear message that is coming through. This is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And And that was false when she said that, by the way. The data showed that. Seen it in the data. Unvaccinated Americans account for virtually all recent COVID-19 hospitalizations and deaths. And that was because they were using the 14 or 21 day period where the vast majority, over 80 percent, by the way, of cases, hospitalizations and deaths were occurring within the first 14 to 21 days of the first shot. They know that. That's how they gained it out. Don't, don't, up, upcoming shots, by the way, are, are extended out by a month or more for the same reason. We still, to this day, do not have data on people who are coming into the hospitals who are vaccinated. That is a data point that we have lacked. Okay, well, think about how important that is. Okay, so in the beginning, she says, well, it's very clear. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated because everybody in the hospital dying is unvaccinated. And then all the way in 2023, she finally admits that we never really had good data on people that were in the hospital who were vaccinated, who were dying. Oh, so that's not relevant? How in the world can you give us a picture of who's actually being dying more unvaxxed or not when you seemingly never had, you know what that is? That's called a willful, they are choosing not to see it. We had the data. I could show it to you. I was showing it to you in 2020 and 2021. But look, that's the face, that's the face of a liar. I mean, that, think about how disgusting that is to say that three years later that we're still, we still don't have enough data on what, whether or not the experimental injection is causing harm. Shouldn't that be the only thing you care about? No, but they willfully ignored that at every single turn. You know, we know why. It's very clear. Same. This was another one I feel like I'm just going to go past this one. Same kind of point. Just more of the same information. But in the interest of time, I'm going to go to another person. Just a quick to show you a montage of another complete clown that is being paraded around as somebody who you should be listening to, who, by the way, I mean, just is got to be one of the most I'll leave that personal thoughts out. The bottom line is this person is not somebody you should be listening to. His own statements make that clear. We're not hearing a lot about is the unique potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccines. And then something changed. Any vaccine released by emergency use authorization by the FDA is an outstanding uh, vaccine. J&J's vaccine has a risk of life-threatening blood clots. When you hear the beep... That's the sound of safety. So don't overthink it. Uh, they're they're both really good. Vac- they're all really good vaccines. Get vaccinated now. You gotta call now. If you wait, uh, it's going to be really too late to protect your child. If this was your child, what happens next could make it the worst day of your life. Too late to protect your child. God, this guy is disgusting. So even though COVID poses zero threat to healthy children, vaccinate your children. Do the right thing. Be safe and not sorry. I'm strongly recommending for adolescents to get their two doses of vaccine and fully immunized after those two doses. Advanced technology that can help save lives. This is going to be a long-lasting vaccine. A long-lasting vaccine. 
A few moments later, we're seeing that two doses is not holding up well for emergency room visits. It's not holding up well for hospitalizations. Here we go again. Everyone's going to need a booster. You need that third immunization. Triple the amount. Get that third immunization. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. The two mRNA vaccines were always a three-dose vaccine. We've, I've always said this is a three-dose vaccine. We've I mean, think about how dumb this is. You're literally on the record. Everybody know we can look back at his old statements. This is Matt Orfla, by the way. The link I just showed you, I'll come back to. But I always said that. No, you didn't, man. We can all see it. So this guy's a look. This guy is a liar. Not in this. My point is with these kind of statements, you you know he knows he's lying. I mean, all you got to do is look at that ridiculous clip on Joe Rogan where he admits that he's just wildly unhealthy eating what the way i mean you can just look at the guy's teeth to see that he's wildly unhealthy this is not somebody who should be telling you about health that's one of those things we keep pointing out that somehow they act like it's racist or bigoted or blah 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 you can show these wildly obese and unhealthy health ministers around the world says something doesn't it i've always said this is a three-dose vaccine this is a three-dose vaccine but i'm not done yet that third immunization the problem is it's not holding up. So we may have to look at sort of innovative solutions. Oh, God, not this again. A fourth immunization oh boy. just just to keep them to keep them going, to keep the country uh, going. We have to consider some out of the box things. A fourth immunization Four. a fourth immunization. Get that second boost, a second boost to keep the country uh, going. I've made that recommendation a fourth immunization. But I'm still not done. One semester later. Unfortunately, the numbers are starting to trend up again. So the hospitalizations are up. And so the most important message that I have this morning is get your new bivalent booster. Uh, Willie and Lise were saying they got their booster and I was like, oh, I need to get mine. And then I found out they they're talking about the third shot. And is that the bivalent or is it the fourth booster or does it matter? Like, Don't worry so much about the number. of. There's no wrong way to use it. You have to get it. This new bivalent booster. You can double or triple stack them. The new bivalent one is is doing a much better job. You, you have, have to get, get a booster. booster. Yeah. You need to get this new bivalent booster. That bivalent booster for COVID. But does everyone ages 12 and older need a booster? The answer is yes. Yes. And by the way, if you're over 50 and have gotten two boosters and more than four, two or th- two to four months out, you're going to need a third booster as well a fifth immunization five i don't God. think we're going to need an annual booster like flu eventually dr hotez supports yearly boosters just like flu but i'm still not done it looks as though the boosters are not holding up quite as well as we'd like um, and 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 i think our think thinking is going to change and that what's going to happen is every you know a few months we may need another booster uh, uh, uh. perfect results each and every time you know we just could not overcome that massive disinformation campaign, these fake concepts of herd immunity and discrediting masks. Well, Dr. Hotez, you are a national treasure. It is picking off young people like we've never seen. Dr. Peter Hotez, that was extremely informative. Disinformation that you're hearing, that kids are fine, it's nonsense. Kids need to get that vaccination. You healthcare work. It's nonsense. I mean, that is one of the most easily proven data points of the entire thing. That even the corporate media is not saying. I mean, the COVID calculator from Oxford or the any or Newsweek did multiple reports exposing that even I think it was something like forty to sixty percent of the numbers of children in the hospital were turned out to be something else. That was from Newsweek for crying out loud. And yet this guy is still pushing this. This is a sinister person. How else can you explain this? He's I mean, he's not, he knows that's not true. We can all prove that. 
the, the, the risk from the Ionitis group, the most current level of peer-reviewed science on the risk shows you pre-vaccination before this ever started, children were 0.0003% at risk. That's dramatically less than the flu. He knows this. The guy's a liar, man. Workers have been our saviors. Watch out for that misinformation. Dr. Peter Hotez is probably one of the smartest people on this topic. And if you haven't gotten your five and ups vaccinated yet, now's the time to do that. Dr. Peter Hotez, thank you for saving the world. They also support giving that third immunization for the 12 to 17 year olds. People have to feel safe. Dr. Hotez, you are a voice of reason. Take down the fake information. Oh, God, I just can't. I am done with him. Well, just so you can see, by the way, not only is that the absurdity level that we're at, but now coming in, this is yesterday, the FDA advisors, you know, the people that they almost always ignore, by the way, raise doubts about seasonal updates to COVID vaccines with flu shots. Yeah, exactly. The point is that they are now questioning whether this should even be the case. Some of them are saying, well, we can't make them routine because people will think they're not serious anymore. That's actually one of the arguments. But on top of that, wondering from some kind of logical perspective, whether this is even safe. But who cares? Because Hotez has been screaming that you need them forever. Since the beginning, because he knows. Oh, and by the way, this is what happens when you, you know, point these things out. <laughs> then lastly, on BBC, just kind of showing you the same nonsense. Oh, and here, let me see if I can actually get this still. Now look at that. Oxford calculator is still there. Let's see if it pops up. I've been showing this from the very beginning. I mean, this is from Oxford. And they put this together to show you your risk to COVID-19, Right? You guys remember this? All right. Have you had a COVID vaccination? Let's say no. All right. Let's say you're 19, but because it's under 19 is dramatically lower, probably why they do that. But so you have to go 19. So let's go male. Let's do, uh, let's see, another white background. Uh, I forget what these were. I forget what it translates to. Oh, that's right. It was, let's just do one. 50, and I think this one was the right one. Okay. Neither. Okay, there we go. Last one. None. Let's see if it's changed. Got no problems, nothing else. Okay. And there you go. So, according to the current data from Oxford, which I'm going to go ahead and wager is a little bit more informed than Mr. Hotez. They're telling you right now that your risk of dying from COVID-19 as a 19-year-old is literally one in a million. One in a million. <laughs> Again, how many times I've pointed this out? That is, in our society, we use that phrase as kind of, you know, an analogy or a, a, it means impossible. Oh, that's one in a million. Like, it's so rare that it's not even worth considering, right? Here's, here we are. I mean, for crying out loud, it's just that stupid that people like that get away with screaming things because of fear, and we're the ones that are conspiracy theorists, right? Well, here's BBC all the way back in, uh, this one was 2021. Pfizer vaccine for 12 to 15-year-olds. Your question's answered. It says the benefits of getting the vaccine is you don't need to worry about COVID-19. Fake. At the time they posted this, you could prove that was fake. It means you're likely not to infect your parents. Fake. It means you live with your parents. You know, it oh, lies because they were towing the line. Well, let's talk about how Twitter plays into all of this, because I think this is important. Just a couple of quick points on some of this stuff. Oh, actually, no, we, we talked about Twitter already. This was more about the uh, 
Which part was this? Oh, just uh, that's really. I just want to include this really quickly. So I briefly pointed this out, and I think this is important to consider. Tucker Carlson had a, a couple of these different mon- monologues, and first of all, like you know, it, it, I'm not. If you think it's important and you want to follow, then I'm, I could be wrong. Maybe he's fighting for truth, and I'm completely lost. But I think at the end of the day, what what this amounts to is a bunch of kind of just you know juxtaposed statements of things that we all generally seem to know. That somehow, like some kind of cutting, breaking. It, I don't know why th- this is the news. You know how much is going on today that we can all prove. And yes, some of the things he's done, I point out his clips when he does so. But I just find interesting. This is the kind of stuff that's drawing all the attention. Not the provable, peer-reviewed stuff. We you know data points or or documents and what we can do. Just this this kind of overview about how Fox gets caught putting out a statement that says. He's a dick. Biden's a dictator for a short period of time and they put it away and it becomes a huge topic. And the whole thread is about whether or not he's a dictator. And the point is that, yeah, they, they, it's correct, but so are all of them. That's what's so frustrating to me. <clears throat> it's amazing to me if you can listen to this, everything he says, almost to a T, except for maybe one of them, can be applied to Donald Trump, can be applied to any of the, any Republican politician. But what's frustrating is it gets used in a way that I think is, is dangerous. Truth light, in my opinion, is more dangerous today than absolute bald-faced lies. As I said, he's absolutely right. So can we now take the last step and put away the childishly naive two-party illusion, BS, and admit to ourselves that his monologue perfectly represents all of the U.S. government, not just one side or one person? To pretend this doesn't apply to Trump or the Bushes before him is absurd. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. That I feel like it's a choice to not see this from some people's perspective. Now, does that mean that what he says in this is not interesting? Or there's, that it's untrue? No, there's a lot of it that it's important or true. But again, this is just a, it's a monologue, right? So what this effectively will do is reach people who agree with him and people who don't will not they'll dismiss it. So this is the part, problem with where we are today in a lot of this stuff. This is just about high-fiving people that agree with what they already think in a way that keeps the division tactic alive. Now, is that on purpose? Am I wrong? Certainly possible. Or either, I think it's on purpose, but I could certainly be wrong. So I, some people seem to get really offended or upset when I, they think I'm poo-pooing on the, you know, like I just can't take a win kind of a statement. <laughs> I don't know why that's coming from. Because these things, there's a lot of truth to some of these things, but ultimately why I think people are afraid to engage with with that he could be misleading us or like when i point out that i think rfk you know it's like it's as if by not siding with the lesser of two evils that i'm somehow allowing the bigger evil to win you're falling for the same trap that always tricks the people in the two-party paradigm always in the media in elections everything now and look i recommend you watch it but just be able to stand back and ask yourself if that applies to all of them and not just one party or one side. But on top of that, we have the government agencies telling us that there's going to be a global cyber attack, right? Well, guess what just happened? A global cyber attack. So they come out and tell us something big is about to happen, and then right away the exact thing happens. I really just want to point out that I hope that we're aware enough today to simply ask, could this be a false flag? Not that we know that, but we're far past the point to pretending that those aren't real. We saw this from the 15th or before that, where this video was put out saying, we're going to attack Europe's banking system and it's Russia. And I just simply said the same thing. At the very least, we should ask whether this is just meant to set this up. 
And Doom points out that he predicted this in the 12th. <laughs> Again, it's like, it's, it's, you can kind of predict where these things go. Where was it? Oh, that's right. Sorry, I was right there. But then, of course, what I was going to jokingly point out was, well, if you, if you want to hear exactly what the U.S. government wants you to think, check out Mario, Mario Narfol's channel, because he'll tell you exactly what he's supposed to be. Like, I just think it's funny. that the, These kind of, like, new, I don't, I, it doesn't even matter. You read this, it's just like a printout from what the U.S. government wants you to think about what happened. Russia bad guys are starting a cyber war, and they're attacking U.S. things, and certainly possible. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't know why in the world anybody would take at face value what the U.S. government says about anything, let alone about Russia, let alone about something they've been predicting is about to happen. I just hope we're willing to stand back and think about that, not go, it's fake, or we know, because we don't know that. But at least go, it could be. We know that it could be. We know that they could lie to us about any number of things for any number of reasons. I really hope we can see that. Now, on to some foreign policy before we finish with the transgender conversation. As all of this ties into together, the same kind of ultimate point, because these things do very clearly connect. The same point we made before. The same Ukrainian extremists that they're using to kind of surge the same the alt-right vanilla ISIS kind of overlap and even then argue that those are the same people that are threatening and targeting the trans community. They just sent or said that they were going to or are sending depleted uranium rounds, which, by the way, is you've already heard because we reported this in the last American Vagabond when it first already happened. But what's interesting about this is they're now just coming out and saying we're going to. Set to do it. You mean the thing that already happened? Yeah, that's how this game works. What's interesting, though, Patrick Lancaster came out on the 13th and said, U.S. intends to provide Ukraine with tank shells to play uranium. <laughs> and all the Ukraine bots came out and said, you're a liar. Fake news. That's not real. It is. It happens. It's very real. But the point is, this person says, excellent news. Hopefully they get the bullseye on the target on your back. So you advocate targeting journalists? It's funny how Twitter doesn't care about that, right? Isn't it funny how that's just blatant, open, you're calling for violence against a journalist? But, you know, it's always okay if it's done in the right context with the right narratives today. Twitter or anywhere else. This shouldn't be okay with anybody. Now, first of all, the point is free speech from my perspective. But overall, from Twitter's perspective, that is advocating for violence. That's supposed to violate their term. The point is it's subjective. There's plenty of people on this platform that will outright blatantly, you know, say fake things about people, accuse people of crimes that are wrong, which is supposed to violate the rules, violate blocks and circumvent these kind of things. Yep, it doesn't matter. As long as they're doing it to the right people, they don't care what happens to people like me. They don't care. They don't care what happens to Patrick Lancaster because these are not honest people. But think about how crazy that is. And as this is, uh, I've, I'm not familiar with the account, but this just an image that you can look up for yourself. The U.S. military has used depleted uranium in Iraq, and it causes such horrific environmental destruction that babies are still born like this. It's not a joke. You can easily look this up. And it's common. The U.K., they act like this doesn't matter. And we've proven this over and over and over, as we talked about back then. This is on February 2023. The U.S. sends depleted uranium. This already happened, guys. We reported it back then. Well, here's what's interesting, though. Remember what happened after that? May 16th? Remember this? Oh, that's right. Well, we asked the question, did depleted uranium explode in Ukraine? <laughs> I think it did. I think that's what this, I mean, look, you can clearly see this is what we're talking about. But the point is that's where this comes in. So now they're sending more. See how that works? But it's fake news if you listen to the trolls on Twitter, and that's how the game is played. But on top of all of that, the Pentagon 
is caught, apparently caught, for not appropriately tracking the weapons they sent. You see how this all comes together? Because it's just another game of they're shipping them as the weapons that they know are a problem, and they've, they've shipped them white phosphorus. They've sent all sorts of problem chemicals and, and different... Uh, what's the other one we discussed? I think it was... I mean, I don't want to come off the top of my head, especially for this topic, but we've already shown you they've sent chemical weapons. They've sent all sorts of problems, dangerous things, to very open extremists that are actively acting with ethnic cleansing in mind. So that's why they go, oops, we didn't do it right. Well, this is what blatant corruption looks like. This was not by accident. I really hope we're able to see that by now. Here's the actual report. You can check it out for yourself. Pentagon personnel did not appropriately track weapons going to open neo-Nazis. Right, because they wanted to track it, right? So they can be accountable? Hardly. Read it for yourself. It's not like anything's going to happen. It's just a way of admitting that we don't really know. So when something happens, they can go, oops, we didn't know where it was going. They do, though. It's all a game. And a couple more points on Ukraine to really make you remember what's going on there. This is another video floating around, which is just frustrating as hell, because it is a Ukrainian soldier castrating a Russian soldier. Now, of course, the meat, the people on Twitter are saying, we know for sure that it's not our guys because they wouldn't do that. So we know that it's Russians dressed up like Ukrainians. That's literally the conversation being had. Think about how insulting this is, despite how we already have on the record people in the Ukrainian military advocating and doing just this. Now, is it not possible for Russia? Of course, that's not true. Of course it is. Anybody in the military or anybody in acts of war or in the middle of a war are capable of doing things like this. But it should matter that we've already caught the Ukrainian military lying in such grandiose ways about exactly things like this that we should go they're most likely lying unless we can prove that they're not because of the majority of the time they've been caught lying for very big things that the corporate media still pretends didn't happen, like killing people at Bucha, bombing a train station, and pretending it was Russia. The one we all seem to know is when they fired a weapon or a, a, a S-300 at Poland and tried to blame Russia, and they still pretend like that was an accident. It's insulting. But I'm not, you can, I'm not even going to go into it because it blurs it out. But the point is, you can see this very clearly. They pull the guy, they, they, it buzzes it out, but they castrate this person. It's horrific. Now, of course, if you try to look at this and other, other aspects, you're unable to see it because they limit who can see it. Okay, well, then if you try to go to an, a, a private window to be able to see the original, oh, weird, it's age-restricted. So apparently they're working this in to where it's impossible to see from some perspectives probably on purpose. Now, that's Twitter for you. So, <laughs> obfuscating in just the right ways to help the neo-Nazis in Ukraine. But on top of that, same people doing the same thing, or not same exact things, but the same kind of groups, security services of Ukraine, force, this is basically this, the argument, and I don't know if this is the actual backstory, but you can see who these people are, complained about the lack of water, so they force them to eat and drink soil and drink water. This is what the Ukrainians are doing and being funded by the U.S. government. On top of that, here's what the government supporting them are openly saying. This is from Wyatt Reed. The social liberal NATO general who Reuters said used a message of unity to beat his divisive opponent in Czech elections three months ago is now applauding Japanese internment camps and suggesting those same things for Russians. Think about how rapidly this is changing. Right? The, The Japanese internment camps are something we barely even talk about in this country. We're not supposed to pretend that even happened. And now they're coming around and going, oh, but it's good because it should happen to Russians today, too. He's conveyed unity. Former NATO general takes, oh, where was it? It was um, over right here. Czech President Pavel says Russian civilians living in the West should be monitored by security services. 
So he's saying when World War II started, all Japanese population living in the U.S. were under strict modern regime as well. Right. So he's literally pointing at the Japanese internment camps as something we should be emulating. I mean, guys, these are villains. These are villains, people, on the surface. They're just showing themselves. Now, on an interesting note to kind of one last point, not really connected to the bigger story, or maybe it could be about foreign policy, is that China just came out in support of Palestine, which is a big, big deal. Now, the important point to make is who knows where this is coming from. I don't trust China's government. as I don't trust any government. I think they're all problematic. They're all potentially trying to control your life. But what's the, the point to make here, I can guarantee you China's doing this strategically. Is it, is it possible they're doing this entirely for their own benefit? Sure. Does that make it wrong? No. It doesn't really ultimately matter in the context for Palestine whether or not this is for their benefit or not. It's still the right thing to do to argue that Palestine is being illegally occupied, as we all should know by now, that they are actively being ethnically cleansed, just like we're seeing Israel support in Ukraine, because that's also happening. So it's interesting that people are so like you get a lot of the right wing, which aren't necessarily even supportive of Palestine that in all contexts, pushing back on this because China bad no matter what, which is a very childish way to look at things. China in general, does that mean Chinese companies, Chinese citizens, anything Chinese related? That's how this ends up. It's the same thing with Russia from the left. It's the same thing with any, any situation we've seen before about Muslims or anything in the past. It's overcompensation. It is the political fervor. So yes, we should ask whether China's doing this to some surreptitious end. Nonetheless, China calls for Palestine state to become full member of the UN. Good. This is like hoping that the country fails because you hate Trump. You should go, yes, that's a great thing, and still be skeptical of China. That's what an honest, balanced, nuanced person would do. People in two-party illusion either think this is villains, you know, it's all good or all bad. That's how this game works for people that are lost in the two-party paradigm. But this person points something else out. By giving the Palestinian delegation such a warm welcome, which is what happened, and announcing China-Palestine strategic partnership, the Chinese government has sent clear messages that can be perceived as follows. To Palestinians, we support your just cause. Now, again, you could th- see it that way, or you can see they think they can use it to their end. To Arabs, we are aligned with your vision for your region and support you to your core value issues. Now, same kind of point for all of these. It could mean it's more about their agenda, but this is how it's going to be perceived to Arabs, to Muslims. We are allies despite the petty and futile attempts to portray you as otherwise. To the world, we are on the side of justice. I, mean, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with most of this, but it says to Europe, you have been unfair to Palestinians and you owe them a lot for the tragedy you have created in Palestine. To the U.S. administration, you aren't qualified to be the only arbiter of Palestine, or at all for that matter. To Zionists, we are not sure about your future. Very interesting. The last note on the whole Zionist point. Now you can decide what you want about this. This is how it's perceived from some. I'm very skeptical what China is really trying to accomplish here, but are you really going to make this a big sticking issue as the U.S. government is actively trying to do the same thing with Taiwan. This is probably the whole point, guys. It's a, it's a smart political play. But you can see on one side, they're supporting what should be a full state that is illegally occupied. And on the other side, you've got the U.S. government supporting a, a, an area that has not declared independence and has not gone through legal channels. Now, if Taiwan does, and even regardless, I support their right to declare their independence. But you can see that the U.S. government and the CIA are the ones making this happen, just like in Ukraine. That doesn't make you pro or against Taiwan. It makes the reality something we have to acknowledge. But lastly, as they point out that Zionists, we aren't sure about your future, just to reiterate this point for people, to realize that this is not about Judaism versus anti-Semitism. This is about politics. It is about Zionists infiltrating 
seemingly everything possible to achieve their ends. And that, in part, is the, Judaism, is the Jewish religion. And that's coming directly from, I believe that's actually in New York. I forgot, let me look at the tweet again. It's right here. Anyway, here's the tweet. It just says, being against Israel and Zionism does not make you an enemy of the Jews because Israel is not a Jewish state. Zionism is not Judaism. They call that anti-Semitism, except these are Jews telling you that. Israel and Zionism never represent all Jews. Now you can watch the whole thing. The point is, there's a lot of these groups in New York and in Israel, by the way. Of course, in Israel, they're attacked regularly by the IDF, which doesn't align with the narrative, so they don't talk about it. Sort of like ignoring trans shooters in this country. You know, it's just, it's not it's working for the narrative. But the point is that it's obviously not about Judaism, but they want to make anybody out accusing the Israeli government of doing the crimes committing the crimes they are, out to be racist. And that's the same thing they do everywhere, guys. You're racist if you challenge the narrative today. It seems like a last-ditch effort, if you want my honest opinion. But on that note, let's talk about the final point for today. The very alarming kind of, like all the stuff we talked about so far has been driving into the same direction. This for years, for decades, right? But now we're seeing the transgender movement kind of become this final point on it that is driving people into... I mean, well, it's the same thing as like with COVID. People are terrified. They don't want to be called a bigot, like an anti-vaxxer. They don't want to be called racist. They don't want to be called, you know, like you're, they don't want to be framed as somehow attacking the trans community or like the same thing with like the BML. We see this happen where it rises in these very dangerous moments where no matter what you say, you'll be persecuted if you don't toe the line. Well, this is wrong thing, guys. And I'm already showing you some examples of that. But in the trans discussion, it is on the surface. It's not even about right and wrong anymore. It's about whether or not you support what's happening. And if you don't, you're on the wrong side. Not on the wrong side of history, mind you. It's quite the opposite. But to them, you're on the wrong side. Now, does the truth take sides? Obviously not. The facts we've shown you endlessly. This is about creating a division. It's about creating a situation where people are not allowed to think what they want. Let alone act. Speak out. We're driving to a point to where they're actively telling you that you are a problem just because you have the wrong kind of opinion. Drew Holden points out, someone upset that Target had, quote, betrayed the LGBT community by caving to protests recently called in bomb threats. Rather than tell the truth, which, by the way, we already reported to you, the media framed the story in reverse, which we also showed at least one example, but he's got a bunch of them. There's, I mean, this is how wholesale dishonest this all is. Target came out and admitted that was people from the LGBT community. Now, they could try to argue that that was people faking it, which I even put forward as possible. Of course, it could be the right pretending, but it didn't seem to be that way. And it seemed, and, and why would the right do that after they seemingly won by getting it pushed to the back of the store? Maybe just to carry out this kind of fake? Sure, certainly possible. But of course, if you can't prove that, it's pretty naive and ridiculous to argue that's the case. It's more self-serving than anything, but that's not even what's happening here. They're just lying. Just skipping right over it and say, nope, it was attacked because of right-wing crazies. But he runs through a couple of these examples. Target received bomb threats from LGBT community. That's, that's the, the report that he puts out in his article, the truth of it, that they were targeted by LGBTQ as far as we can tell. And by the way, there's examples of that happening elsewhere. 
right? Not it's and again, the interesting thing is not just taking as if it was up or down, right? Remember, this was just simply moved to another location. So this is to the to people in this movement, which in no way represents all of the trans community, in my opinion, are rabid. Like it's not even about middle ground. It's about getting what they demand. And if not, we're going to hurt you for it. Trans rights or else. That's the kind of mentality we've seen. And but don't mishear me. I'm not saying that represents the trans community. It represents this rabid militant movement that's being used politically. But here's the Washington Post. Target stores see more bomb threats over pride merchandise. And they the whole article represents this as being attacks from the right. This is from Newsweek. Even worse. Target stores receive bomb threats amid pride backlash. They're framing this as attacks because people don't like pride. How dishonest it must Think about how gross that is to knowingly frame this as the other side when you know that it was the very people you're trying to pretend are being persecuted who were carrying out the threats. The reported motive of the attack was pointed out by local outlets in the opening paragraphs. Neither Newsweek nor USA Today bothered to mention it at all. The, le- the emails they sent telling them why they did it. We showed you on the show. You have betrayed the LGBTQ community. He says, I'll add that at least so far, the stochastic terrorism experts, whatever that means, experts, are oddly quiet. See the the double standards, the gross hypocrisy? This is not about trying to fight terrorism, guys. It's about trying to frame dissidents as terrorists. What what would you call this if not stochastic terrorism? And I, I I take issue with the entire term, but from their perspective, it's exactly what it would be based on their definition. But it doesn't apply to trans people. <clears throat> and then it says, finally, Nebraska, this is the one we are recently pointed out. Nebraska Senator flips out, debating banned sex. This is that, you know, trans people, we need trans people. The screaming and chanting and stomping her feet like a three-year-old. U.S. Republican transgender laws pile up, setting 2024 battle lines. Conflict over transgender rights simmer across the United States. We're being lied to in very aggressive ways. And something that I'm going to hopefully have out tomorrow. I mean, it, it, Derek's the one working on this right now. The Intercept put out a really important article on the 15th. The FBI groomed a 16-year-old with brain development issues to become a terrorist. This is nothing new. An undercover FBI agent befriended a teenager online who has brain issues. When he, so think about the disgusting idea of doing this. Like if they, if they, let's say they, they, which I'm sure they're probably doing, got caught for grooming, training, those words work, a terrorist word too, a trans person to be a terrorist. And they got, they got, became public. Well, they would be un, unallowed. You can't, how dare you take advantage of a vulnerable trans person? That's what, that's what you would see. Why doesn't it matter here? Doesn't it matter that this person was somebody who was vulnerable? Well, no, because that's what they do on a regular basis. He was arrested for supporting ISIS. Now, I'm going to leave it there because Derek's going to do some work on this and we're going to probably put this up tomorrow. It's a great article though. Read it for yourself. This is, this is just what the FBI does. And just to reiterate that, as I said, this is from 2018, working on the report right now of this newest example. But this is an article. This is originally from the Free, the Free Thought Project. Parents catch FBI in a plot to force mentally ill son to be a right-wing terrorist. It's a real story. It's easy, you could, This story blows my mind. It's exactly what it sounds like. They were trying to frame this kid and force him into it. The kid was barely able to make up his own mind. His parents, his parents would literally live with his parents. They had to step in. And they were like, what are you doing? They literally caught them trying to frame their son as a terrorist. And so does that make him a right-wing terrorist? Well, clearly, if they would have gotten away with it, yes. Think about how that frames everything else. 
Think about the idea of the whole vanilla ISIS maggot trap discussion and how that's what's going on. Now, by the way, that doesn't mean that there aren't right-wing people that are crazy. It doesn't mean that there's not, you know, the point is that it's about, they will frame anybody challenging what they want or a dissident like myself as a right-wing anything. So realize it's not a two-party point. It's about them framing dissidents as whatever they want to achieve the end they're going for. Now, again, this account, or a lot of these accounts, are wildly partisan and, and oftentimes incorrect on things they post out, just my personal opinion. So for those, but the point being, for those that would just go, oh, this account, so none of this is real, that's equally stupid. Now, what I like on these accounts, a lot of these, like and this one, N-Wokeness or lib, Libs of TikTok, is they're taking time to actually seek these things out. But of course, I would easily, easily argue that they ignore plenty of examples of other things on their side of the paradigm. Nonetheless, what they're pointing out is important, I think, in this conversation. So first of all, what they just point out is Ireland is trying to pass a law to jail people for possessing harmful material. We've already reported on that. That's real. So think about this. Just having something they've deemed harmful, whatever that may mean. In this day and age, it could be a book they think is not appropriate to trans people. Meanwhile, they're forcing sexually explicit trans and, and gay content on your children before they even understand it. But, you know, one's okay and one's not. Not wrong think just yet, but we're getting there. Washington now offers trans surgeries to kids against parental consent. Yep. A bill in Canada would make protests illegal in LGBTQ safe zones. I'll show you that, despite them disputing that. A bill in California declares a child abuse. It declares it child abuse for parents not to affirm a trans kid. We just showed you that as well. And then also showed you there's people that say that they're fairies and vampires. That's real, guys. They don't want to talk about that because it kind of throws a stick in the spokes. What happens if they say they're a dog? What am I supposed to do? Well, based on their narrative, you affirm it no matter what and give them whatever hormones they need. That's literally what's happening. The problem is that those hormones or those rather puberty blockers for children are dangerous. I'll show you that again. Misgendering is a crime in Australia, Norway, and the list goes on. These are real things. That is thought. That is speech. We have just jumped the shark. I mean, we're at a point now where we're in a situation where they've gone all the way past free speech to where you can't think certain things or say certain things if it offends somebody. How in the world did we wake up here? Two-party illusion. That's how. Well, woman in Australia, this is a couple years ago, was fined $10,000 for simply liking a post that misgendered somebody. But it's a real story. So the point is, it's not new, guys. First of all, here's the, from April, Washington bill to allow medical transgender interventions on minors without parental consent. And despite their quibbling about the framing, that is exactly what this is about. You can read the bill for yourself. It discusses, now it's a more of a broad point, but it gets into homes for homeless and children and, and explicitly puts in there, unless a compelling reason applies as defined in this subsection, which applies to transgender treatments or rather sexual or, you know, they, they frame it a certain way so you can include things like abortion. But the point is the reason this was changed is protected healthcare services applies in this bill to puberty blockers for minors children. So what they're ultimately saying is without parental consent, if, if we decide they need this treatment, we can do it without parental consent. It's real guys. It's not a secret. Here's the post distorts proposed safety bill in Canada. Well, let's take a look. A proposed bill in Canada would subject anyone who misgenders others engages. Okay. Well, so they frame it a broad way, which I don't know if anybody was actually saying it like that. The argument was in Canada, the bill, the bill, will make it criminal to misgender or protest people. And okay, so they're saying false. 
Let's hear their explanation. The bill would not institute a blanket ban on misgendering anti-LGBT protests. It's introduced by these people would allow the province's attorney general to temporarily prohibit people. These guys are so pathetic. So then, yes, the answer is yes, it does do that. Got it. So because you take issue with the opaque, like, so the argument is not whether or not it comes and goes. The bill would prohibit people from engaging. Then, yes, just because you go, well, we decide when and if not. And that that is nuanced, guys. The bill, obviously, if they decide, which could be literally anytime, anywhere, can prohibit people from engaging in what they frame as acts of intimidation, such as homophobic protests. Do you realize how disgustingly stupid that is? So now anybody who protests against what they disagree with in the tra- in the context of trans rights or trans movement, they'll label homophobic because they think that anybody that doesn't agree with this is a bad person. Suddenly, you don't have a choice anymore. Their moral stance supersedes any kind of law today. Does that make sense? So they'll decide. So if I'm a Christian and I just decide that I think anything trans is wrong, don't I have a right to stand up and say, I disagree. I think what you're doing is wrong. Go to, I could write on my side, I think what you're doing is devil, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's not illegal. That's your right. The problem is that they don't like that now, as the government in this case, and they'll label that homophobic. You know, you may think it is, but at what point did that ever matter? You have a right to free protest, to free exchange of ideas. Apparently not in these countries anymore. You know, the free democracies of the West within 100 meters of certain properties. So it's just completely subjective. How much you want to bet that ends up being all properties all the time and any, any protest against any of these groups is going to be labeled homophobic. So yes, their, their stupid sidestepping is basically like, yes, we'll, we'll apply it wherever we want. So yes, they are right, but we're going to call it false because of our same point. Proponents say that the bill is intended to protect drag performers and communities from intimidation. Again, the, show me the law that says, no, there's, there's a line. If you're intimidating somebody, like I don't, I actually don't, I can't speak about Canadian law in this regard, but the bottom line is if I come out and say, if you do this, you're going to be in trouble, that's intimidating. Is it a crime? Well, that's debatable, but not in this context, right? It doesn't matter. If you come out and just say, I think you're wrong, they're going to claim that's intimidation, which we've already seen. You can come out and say, I think these vaccinations are hurting people. According to Trudeau, you're a misogynist, racist, anti Yep. That's how ridiculous this is today. The facts, they say, claims that a new bill in Canada would criminalize misgendering people have spread widely. They say the new bill, the bottom line is, says, but posts are misleading. The bill would not broadly criminalize misgendering others or engaging in these protests, nor do so nationwide, as they suggest. Oh, you mean the single post that you pluck out of obscurity and say, that's the one? That's not the post we're even talking about. That's their childishly stupid fact checks. The point is, in honest conversation that they're really trying to undermine, people are simply saying this bill can be used to suppress speech and stop protests, which they just literally confirmed while saying fake news. How sad. How sad that this is the level of corporate journalism. Here's another bill showing you the exact same point or that conversation you can read for yourself. Here's the Daily Mail. Newsreader, this is from 2020, mind you, to show you how long ago this was, ordered to pay Australia's first transgender soldier $10,000. Why? Because they simply liked, it's a real story, an offensive Facebook comment, not a post, a comment. 
that simply misgendered her or wrongly branded her as a male bully. So now somebody can say, you're a male bully. And if you simply like that comment, the big brother is going to step in and literally fine you for life. What happens if you accidentally liked it? What happens if somebody else is using your account? Who cares? The point is to scare you away from thinking, thinking the things that are bad. That's where this is going. It's right on the surface. And here's a clip of people in schools freaking out. Why? Because children have a mind of their own. Right? They're so used to just blindly marching out these automatons from their indoctrination schools with the you have kids today that are, that are pushing back against the pride conversation. Isn't that their right? At what point did the, did, was it for? I don't remember being forced to wear certain colors in school unless you were going to a, 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 a boarding school. <laughs> or, or the idea that you somehow had to apply to certain political movements or holidays. Think about how crazy outside the norm this is from anything we've ever experienced, and you then see how crazy this has gotten. And they don't care. This one. There's, now, this, I believe, comes predominantly from a, a... Like, I think it's Christian school. I only watched it once. I'm thinking it's kids from, you know... What they're trying to frame this as is like racist children or whatever else, but it's more so just a political difference. Here's the, here's the video itself. Or there it is. Tolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry attempt. And we just saw that, by the way. We just saw that discussion saying that the, the, the parents are the ones pushing this. And then that set, the, the stepmom, or rather the foster mom, remember? The telegraph. They tried to take our kids away because she just didn't agree with the, the books they were giving them. That's, this is really happening. The idea that it's not just a difference of opinion, right? So these kids are not allowed to think what's happening. If they just simply go, well, I don't think I, I'm a Christian and I think that's wrong. That used to be protected by religious rights, but not today. You're a bigot, which supersedes their moral opinion, supersedes everything else today. Town Hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white, and blue or black. What a great choice, by the way. Right? So now you're forced to make people wearing the, the country's colors out to be something bad. Right now, had they done it in like MAGA hats or something, well, that would have been counterintuitive, despite the fact that that's their right. The point is, they came out and they said, you know what, we don't agree with this, and we're going to instead put on USA colors. And they can't stand it. The principal sharing a statement to families that pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up. Now that now here's a, the point in this. I think that's really hard to here. I'm going to go back. I know you guys hate when I stop it all the time. The point is that you can't prove these things. And this is the same thing they do with the Nazi flag and the Canada trucker rally or the individuals they claim. The point is that I'm sure this happened. People don't like things being forced down their throats, right? But how do you know that, that, that this is somehow indicative of literally everybody who doesn't want these kids free? They pre, they created a counter protest. It sounds like they know what they're doing. It sounds like they're not, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It sounds like they're organized and smart in the sense that they're not just going to rip down. It sounds like they're going to come out and they're going to say, look, we're going to take a stand against this. Now, I'm just my personal opinion. But of course, just like the, the liar in Canada that 
Viva Frey is exposing for pretending he got punched in the face and blaming people in the protesters when it was his own megaphone that cut his eye and he pretended he got punched. These people are lying for what they want to be the truth. So I would not put it past them to pretend that this happened just to be able to sell you on the narrative that anybody disagreeing is somehow bigoted. Can't they just have a different opinion? Not in today's world. Some students chanted, USA are my pronouns, and students showing pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption. Ah, right. So it's only an unruly disruption when you say the things they don't like, right? But when, when people protest Black Lives Matter and are doing so in a very violent way, in some cases, in no way was that everybody, the point is they just ignore it all, right? It's okay. It's for a good cause. Oh, you're violating the lockdowns and everyone's going to die otherwise, but it's okay if it's for a good reason. But of course, this woman with rage in her eyes, who seems like she's wildly erratic, is okay because they don't agree with it. But so was it violent? Well, no, they just don't agree with what they're protesting. So suddenly you're not allowed to protest if it's the wrong idea. You see how hypocritical and what double standards these are? These people are joke. They're, They're a joke. Not because of anything other than the fact that they are willingly being contradictory with their stance. Fact that was pronouns and students showing pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption, in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground. But, you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and winds. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, Mom, that's, that's offensive to, to me, who I am straight. Now, you know, the point, the point ultimately is you're not allowed to have that opinion, right? That's the real point here. Oh, wait, where were we? I lost my... Where the hell did we end up? There we go. So they don't... They're not okay with children not doing exactly what they're told. Uh, you have to wear the sticker. You have to chant these things and promote these and use their pronouns. That's, that is not okay, guys. Now, I, look, it's a personal choice. It doesn't have to be the end of the world unless you're being forced to do something you disagree with. My point is the end of the world being, like, if you don't care, you want it shouldn't be that you, the, the hill to die on is by, you know, willfully trying not to say, like, if somebody wants to be called a certain thing, I honestly don't care all that much. And I've said that from the very beginning. But when this happens, and, you're, and they say, you have to do that? No, I don't. And now I'm going to do the opposite. Right? You, you, you do not have the right as a teacher. You, you don't get to in, in, uh, force speech. It's the exact problem was we're, was we're getting into and everything else is that these children also have free speech. As much as there's a you know, conversation they always try to have about whether schools change that. You know, we can search your backpack, but there are no constitutional rights don't apply to children. I don't agree with that but that they're only really upset because people did exactly what happens in the other circumstances, right? So they come out with something they perceive as a right-wing thing, and they come out with a massive protest of the schools. Well, everyone supports it because, well, we agree with their concept. But people like this, it's more about the fact that they don't agree that, that right there. They don't agree with my pronouns or USA. Because in their minds, they somehow have decided, I would believe, I don't know for sure, that that somehow translates to wink-wink, right-wing, Nazi, bigot. That's how they see these things today. Pro-America is now negative to a lot of these people. But this is the problem. Why is it such an important thing to get your children to believe what they believe? Well, it's happening everywhere. NASA 
a government entity, is actively blocking replies to its statements on Twitter about Pride Month. Now, they make a great point about this on, on the Ron Paul Institute. He says, generally, the posts of the National Aeronautics and Sp- of NASA on Twitter are open for replies. But it's not the case, apparently, for their Pride Month tweet. When the United States government agency shares an impressive photograph or video, such as a spacewalk or whatever he's arguing here, the ability of the Twitter users to post replies is always open, as would be expected, right? It's a government agency. Compare this with a tweet from NASA earlier in the week regarding Pride Month, where they said, there's a space for everyone in Pride Month, and we're celebrating the employees with their stars and examining, you know, whatever their stupid comment was about trying to make it cheeky about the space. Basically, it says the, the only reply to the tweet from NASA itself on the same day says that the diversity of our NASA team is what brings different perspectives to our missions. Now, why is that exactly? Are we going to pretend that somebody who is a man dressed as a woman somehow just understands space different or science? <laughs> I would actually quite argue the opposite, that they don't really understand science or choose to ignore it when it's will, when it works for their personal opinion. Either way, the bottom line is this is... A, this, I mean, this is when people talk about the woke mind virus. <laughs> this is what it feels like. That you have people that know better who are pushing things that are obviously literally unscientific from a scientific body. Now, when I, I, don't, I only say that because people identify with what that discussion is. At the end of the day, I think that the, the woke mind virus apply it different ways, but there's exactly the same kind of things on the right, right? Like we could argue Trump derangement syndrome applies equally to both sides. People just don't want to see it. But in this case, it's very clearly a problem here. And it is influencing everything. It says, what's the deal with the U.S. government agency selectively blocking public, the public from commenting on its actions because those comments may be harsh or critical? Shouldn't free speech be valued and respected by the U.S. government? Isn't a government trying to silence speech critical of itself and its agents incompatible with respect for liberty? He knows the answer, obviously. We all do. This restriction to unreplies to both June 2nd tweets goes hand in hand with the unprecedented effort to shield Joe Biden, the current boss of the U.S. executive branch, from situations in which he could face pushback and tough questions, including the eliminating access of reporters. It's just very, it's a great point. Always doing great work at the Ron Paul Institute. I don't shout him out enough. Now, here is KJP saying something that's not going to jive well with the very community that she's part of, apparently as the ones that don't really count as much anymore to the trans community, the lesbians. KJP calls the transgender influencer who posed topless at the White House unacceptable, unfair, not appropriate, disrespectful. It really doesn't reflect the event that we hosted. (laughs) And Jeff follows up and says, wrong, it does reflect the event you hosted. And Kylie says, perfectly, this is the exact behavior they are celebrating. They are, why are they so surprised? They're not surprised. They're surprised we're getting caught. They have never seen images of a pride parade or drag shows. The point is, as you remember, I don't think this video shows it. I, I, I already went over this in a previous ep- episode that you had transgender people with bare chests and, you know, standing there naked on the White House lawn. And people call it out and said, what do you think about that? She goes, not, not appropriate. We won't invite them back. It was disrespectful. Not the event that we hosted. And think about the point. Do they not know what happened? Every single one of these events that they champion as brave and powerful, they're doing the same things. They're dancing nude, and there's also the sexual content. So apparently it's just because it got focused on, which shows you that these people are not just liars and double standard hypocrites. They're meek cowards who won't stand by what they say they believe in when pushed to shove. Just in case you're confused on that. But here's another example of something that's very concerning about the community that they claim they don't think that represents. 
Now, no way does that this represent every transgender person or gay or lesbian person. When I say the community, I'm talking about the movement, the manipulation, the rabid militant political push driving some of these people, some of which are involved and don't realize the problem, some of which are aware and don't care, just like every other thing we point at, like the the Black Lives Matter discussion, like the Antifa discussion, like foreign policy. There are people wrapped up in this that don't realize they're wrong. They should know better, but a lot of people that don't care. Here is one example of the kind of people that they'll whitewash by saying that there is nothing bad happening here. This is from the Mercury News. The most depraved crime I ever handled, says the prosecutor. Transgender activist gets life in prison for murdering an Oakland family. It's a real story. Now, does that mean every transgender activist is a murderer? No, that would be the kind of dumb argument you'd get from left or right. The point is that it happened, though. And in the world we're in today with the kind of trust women or believe women fervor applied to the transgender movement, you just aren't supposed to pretend you ignore it. During the Kavanaugh hearing, you weren't allowed to question maybe that she's lying. Oh, how dare you suggest that people do what they always do? The point is there's obviously people in this movement that are predators who are doing so to get closer to children or to get closer to whatever they're trying or people that are doing it for political reasons or people that want to be able to race in another gender sport in order to benefit from it. Yes, obviously that can happen. Anybody saying that's not possible is a child or shilling for a certain agenda. I'm not saying it's everywhere or all of it or even the majority. I have my opinions that I've made clear before, but the point Obviously, this can happen. So when you're allowing people in this movement, especially the ones that are aggressively involved in it, to sidle up next to children for very weird reasons, shouldn't we ask whether this might be possible? Yeah, we really should. Rich People Weekly points out another really crazy framing from the ACLU. Let's just start with this. Dwayne Owen, a death row inmate who was just recently put to death in Florida was executed by lethal injection on Thursday evening, nearly four decades after he murdered a 14-year-old babysitter and a 38-year-old mother in separate attacks, two separate attacks, in 1984. Bludgeoned to death, Georgina, an executive secretary and mother of two, at her Boca Raton home and two months after slashing Karen Slattery to death as she watched over two children. When asked if he had any last words, he said no. He was the fourth person to be executed in the state of Florida this year. Now, your thoughts on capital punishment aside, that's not even worth getting into in this discussion because I have all sorts of thoughts on it, but it'll derail the conversation. The point is about the way the ACLU frames this. The state of Florida never provided medically necessary gender-affirming care to Dwayne Owen, causing her, her, enormous suffering and violating her right to be free from cruel and unusual punishment for the more than 30 years she was in state custody. So a man, a grown man that has gone, not undergone any tri- change, not any, not puberty blockers, not, not, or not, well, I guess it would be, pu- not, not hormone surgery, not, not hormones, injections or surgeries. A grown man who murdered women in prison. And the only thing the ACLU has to talk about is they executed her and didn't give her treatment. This is how absolutely, completely off the rails this is right now. And Red People Weekly points out, well, so if she claimed to be a child, would you age age affirm and put them in juvie with actual children? I mean, that is about as ridiculous as this gets. Because the point is they would have put that person in a woman's prison after that. Why? So we could have more opportunities to strangle and murder more women? That's the point, guys. Predators will do this. 
Doesn't mean everyone in this position is a predator. That's called nuance. He did rape and kill a child. He did want a biological male rapist murder of women and children. As he did you want in a female prison? I'm just wondering how far you actually wanted to go with this. It's a good question. Absolutely mind-blowing. Well, let's take a step into Rachel Levine territory here and remember why this becomes so problematic. Now, predators pretending to be involved in this aside, because that's a very real problem, we have to realize that from the actual focus of this movement, there is an absolute directed aim in some ways at your children. I personally feel like it's the entire thing. But realize that that the reason that's a problem is because there's not a small discussion here. It's not just about going, I can call myself a woman, because that immediately, as I've shown you over and over, drives them to push this child into getting puberty blockers, which there is no coming back from. There's no long-term studies, and the immediate studies we do have show infertility, all sorts of problems, and I think I'm forgetting, uh, we'll go into it next, and I think it's the hormones that are bone problems, osteoporosis, spine fuse. it's crazy. None of this is long-term studies. In they themselves say it could be fatal, it could cause lasting infertility to children, just so they can pretend that they can pause and come back. They've, we've already proven that's not true. So we have to realize, just by pretending, the, the conversation where they leave out that part, when they just pretend like it's okay to affirm your children, to say, yes, I believe you, you're a woman. Well, that in the current fervor leads people in schools to go, here's a card, go talk to this doctor, you don't have to tell your mom. That's what's happening. And we all know it because they've admitted this. So there's no breaking these apart. Now, here is a fact check from Reuters, which, by the way, weirdly wouldn't load without the Wayback Machine. I'm not sure why. 2021. We've already shown you this, by the way. Rachel Levine, during hearing, did not confirm or deny support for children having gender reassignment surgery without parental consent. That's such BS. It was such an obvious Senate confirmation hearing sidestep. You know what this is, and you know what they've already said. So here's what's interesting. 2021, clearly they were a little bit concerned about just coming right out with it, right? And saying, yes, children can do this. But that's what they're saying today. You've seen this. They're openly saying that uh, mastectomies on 14 and up is okay. And we've already shown you that children as young as 16 or even 15, I believe, have had phalloplasm, the, the bottom surgery. And that is just horrific. We've gone to do other shows about that. Dr. B, Dr. McCall and I, just, it's, it's make, it gives me nightmares. This is happening to children. Here's what Rachel Levine had to say when pressed about it in the, in the Senate. Genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, Genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. He was way ahead of this. 
Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent yep. them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Yep. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. So that's actual science, right? That's scientific research that shows you that most of these children are just going through a phase. That's what even people will show you yet again will say at the leading clinic pushing this stuff. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? Just to be clear, she has already said that's the case. So the fact that she refuses to even address this in such an obviously sidestepping way says a lot. That she both knows that we will think that's bad, as well as the fact that she's not supposed to say it out loud. I guess not, but at least not then. Now it's a different story. Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field no, um, with robust research nope. and uh, standards of care that have... See, robust research is a blatant lie. Standards of care, I'll show you next, is the way that they pretend this makes sense. Some arbitrary listing of things that was put together by people who already agree with each other. That is not the truth. The science says otherwise. And that is very limited, and there's no long-term data. But apparently that's robust. I've been developed... And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed, and if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender yeah. medicine. No, the specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the Internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? 
Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and wow. nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would trained. certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field. That's so concerning. Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question. The question is a very specific one. Should minors be making these momentous decisions? For most of the history of medicine, we wouldn't let you have a cut sewn up in the ER. But you're willing to let a minor take things that prevent their puberty, and you think they get that back? You give a woman testosterone enough that she grows a beard, you think she's going to go back looking like a woman when you stop the testosterone? You have permanently changed them. Infertility is another problem. None of these drugs have been approved for this. They're all being used off label. I find it ironic that the left that went nuts over hydroxychloroquine being used possibly for COVID are not alarmed that these hormones are being used off label. Think about that. Long-term studies. I mean, for crying out loud, this kind of stuff makes me want to break my computer. It's this stupid. We can't be the only sane ones in the world that can see through the two-party illusion BS. Why is it this difficult? How is it possibly being held back when we seem, I mean, everybody can see that. Is it, am I, am I really wrong? Is it the majority of people out there that just don't care about the truth and that everybody wants to fight for team sport, sport politics over everything else? I just don't believe that. 2021, we, we called it out then. He's free. I mean, think about the contradiction. So it's unacceptable to use off-label treatments for COVID stuff, but you're literally pushing things with no long-term studies. They know that. They don't care. They simply argue that it's more harmful to, to not do it. It's the COVID argument all over again. It's so, dangerous things for your safety or rather just your, per, your perceived well-being. And the way that she won't even answer it and just regurgitates the same. Like most of these people at least try to give you some kind of fake answer. She just literally re-read the exact same statement. Somebody clearly coached her on how not to answer these questions. That's so alarming to me. This is a person who is currently in power and pushing these things. She's one of the reasons that the, the EPA held back and the HHS held back on the fluoride trial report. She personally put, stuck her finger in there. It makes me, it's very unnerving. We don't know what happens to them. We do know that there are dozens and dozens of people who've been through this who, who regret that this happened and a permanent change happened to them. And, you know, if you've ever been around children, 14-year-olds can't make this decision. In the gender dysphoria clinic in England, 10% of the kids are between the ages of 3 and 10. My God. We should be outraged that someone's talking to a 3-year-old about changing their sex. I can't vote for you if you can't make a decision. Thank you so much, Senator Paul. Senator Levine, thank you for uh, answering the question. I will turn to Senator Baldwin. God. I mean, they just don't care, man. I mean, it's just this is 2021. You, you have the examples long before this was being so passionately pushed. We already had the examples of people that regretted it, that went through the process and said this was a mistake. Now, you, again, it could be 1%. Doesn't that matter? It's just like everything else. This has nothing to do with health or safety or freedom. It has to do with controlling your life and do, using this against ourselves so we fight each other. This is so disgustingly wrong on so many levels. The fact that it's being pushed the way it is without any concern for what it's doing to the population or the children, just like with the injection, they're still pushing. And yet we pretend. You know why? Again, because of the very, I think, this minority of Twitter accounts and social media accounts that are these leading partisan, ridiculous, clownish people that only push a very hardcore partisan line and they will never break because it's beneficial. 
because they're for an endless amount of reasons. And somehow we let that continue to drive the conversation. Here's the bill, by the way, again, that he was just mentioning that, yes, has now passed in 2023. That's talking about exactly the same point. The street kids, that's what this is about. It's uh, shelters, youth shelters, runaway, homeless youth. And the point is, well, they can do this without prevent. Basically, it says that they can do the the asterisk or the uh, addition here. I showed you right here was that they have to have parental consent, but. Where was it? Basically, you know, when a seeking and receiving protected health care services, they can do so without parental consent. That's what that's exactly what she was pushing all the way back then. You'd think something like what he just did would expose that. Nope, doesn't matter. It's only gotten more obvious and stronger since then. So here was, I had to go to the Wayback Machine to download this exchange. You can look at it for yourself. Well, here is a person on the spot being asked today, not this day today exactly, but, you know, 2023, about one study, just one of them, that shows how transgender procedures are beneficial for children. You won't be surprised to find out that she can't answer the question. I forgot to download a couple of these, I think. How did I do that? One second. This is from the post-millennial. Now, of course, I'm not a fan, you know, any, most of these two-party people, I mean, I shouldn't have to say this every time just because I think all of them are ridiculous. It doesn't mean that ridiculous people can't make points that are still the truth. But I just think that all these people in the two-party positions, there we go, are not people that we should be listening to. I think we know that by now, or hopefully we do. Where was it? Here we go. We've cherry-picked data. How do you mean by what? How do you mean that? So it is very unscientific and flawed to pick a single study or a single statistic and to discuss it in isolation. Um, totally agree. Medical experts are able to talk about all of the evidence as a whole. Totally agree. So it's good to look at systematic reviews, right? That's the gold standard of evidence when you're trying to understand whether something works or whether it doesn't. So th- think about that in the context of CDC mask studies, right? the systematic review in 2020 of all the previous science. And that was dismissed for a new observational study that the CDC said was the only one that mattered. This is how dumb that they think people are. We proved that we weren't that stupid, but they're still trying. The British Journal of Medicine looked at 61 systematic reviews with the conclusion that, quote, there is great uncertainty about the effects of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgeries in young people. Journal of Endocrine Society came up with the same conclusion, even the American Academy of Pediatrics. They all cite the lack of evidence. And so here's the thing. If you're doing a therapy and it's, you know, temporary, whatever, fine. Maybe let's try it. Let's see if it works. But when you're talking about permanent physiological changes, do you not agree, just from an ethical standpoint, that you might want extremely strong evidence of the benefits? And there is no systematic review that, that states that there is strong evidence of benefits. Sir, are you aware of how the quality evidence grading system works and how it's applied? Yeah. Yeah, we've read through it. That's why I'm citing these journals. So which journal says something different? I'm, I'm, we should have that debate. Tell me a journal that has done systematic reviews that cites different evidence, that cites strong evidence for benefits of these therapies. The standards of care were developed based on extensive... You're not telling That's me not any true. journal. You're not telling me any study. Don't That's say standards of I'm, care. Yeah. So, um, Tell me one. Now, I believe this was also clipped, just to make it shorter, but the point is, what she was going to say there is not true. I'll show you the standards of care and show you what they say themselves. It was not, they act like this is somehow, it's the same game they play with the, the injections in 20, 20 years of research. 
Okay, well, explain for me how that has any effect on the lack of safety studies. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't make sense. It's wrong. Or rather, wah, wah. <laughs> same point. Standards of care were cobbled together based on non-science. And I'll, I'll show you this myself. There's no long-term studies on any of this stuff. The standards offensive. You're not telling me any journal. You're not telling me any study. Don't That's say standards of I'd, care. Yeah. So um, Tell me one. The standards of care. That's the, the standards of care. That's, yes, that's, that's not care. a journal. That's not a study. That's not an organization. That's not an institution. You're just saying words. Name one study. Yeah. I'm out of time. I- think about how crazy that is. You, you would think that they would be overflowing with stuff, even like even with COVID-19 lies. They've got all sorts of fake information that we've later proven to be false <laughs> that they stumble out and say, here, they don't even have a fake. That's crazy to me. You know why? Because there's not enough time. This is so brand new that there is no long-term studies. There isn't. They're just afraid to say it out loud. This person says the standards of care were created by WPATH, or however you want to say that. It weirdly looks like RATH without the dash for the R. But you know this group because we keep referencing them, including their president-elect who tells us they're being sloppy with their research, with their efforts. I'll show it to you next. It's a lobbying group that collaborated for over a decade with members of Castration Fetish Forum producing written uh, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't the point. I I mean, this is just this person's opinion. I think I haven't looked into this, what he's saying, so I could be wrong. The point was standards of care. That was just to to remind me. This person says, rather than engaging in the highest level of evidence, the systematic review I was talking about, shockingly, this witness just keeps repeating, which we've shown you during COVID, the lowest quality of evidence, which most average people don't even realize that's the case while ignoring the best. And it's not like she doesn't know this. She does, right? This is a basic graph you can look at. This is the truth, right? Systematic reviews of the other things in here are considered the top of the level of evidence, right? You know, at the very bottom, and this is not, you can, this is not just like a subjective opinion. This is roundly shown over the year. This is where you regard the level of this information. In background information or expert opinions. That, so what they're using is cobbling together a bunch of experts who all agree on certain things. That's what that is. That is the lowest possible level of evidence. See, so a cohort, cohort, case control, random controlled trials, systematic reviews of all of it. She knows this. She's not stupid. So why are they lying to us, guys? Well, here's something I found really interesting. <laughs> I've never seen it done like this before. So here is Miriam Grossman, who I'm not familiar with, but she is regarding... McNamara's testimony while she literally sits right next to her. <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting way to do this. So she's calling her out while she's sitting right next to her. Listen to what she has to say. This is another doctor who is completely contradicting what she's saying. The other woman. Son of a gun. How do I keep... Hold on. Oh, there it is. Let's see. I knew I had that. It's my time to respond to Dr. McNamara. First, I'm struck by her use of the phrase sex assigned at birth. Sex is not assigned at birth. Also, I mean, if it matters to you, you know, keep an eye on her snide, her snide side-eyed looks. You know, it just, it just kind of tends to show you that this is about perceived righteousness. Like, so these are doctors, or at least, I don't know, the other, McNamara, I think she's a doctor. Yeah, it says Dr. McNamara. The point is that you used to be able to have a different, like we disagree, right? Well, on one side, you've got a bunch of science. On the other side, you've got a bunch of subjective people's opinions. But either way, 
it's already decided amongst people like McNamara that you're just a smug, ignorant person, probably a right-wing conspiracy theorist. That's what they just decide. And so watch the way she responds to this person as she answers these questions. McNamara. First, I'm struck by her use of the phrase sex assigned at birth. <laughs> sex is not assigned at birth. Laughing. Oh, biology. Sex uh. is established at conception and it's recognized at birth, if not earlier. Dr. McNamara claims that her views are science-based, but to claim that sex is assigned at birth is without any scientific basis whatsoever. Its language misleads people, especially children, into thinking that male and female are arbitrary designations and can change. That is simply not true. Dr. McNamara claims that social and medical interventions are the only evidence-based treatment and that scientific evidence shows it is life-saving. Without it, she's warning us, kids will commit suicide. Now, here's the crux of their argument for the most part. How in the world, what, they, so they psychic, apparently. You apparently know what will happen if you don't do something. That's pretty stupid when you really think about it. But their argument is the same as everything else. Like with the COVID vaccine, like all these different conversations that, well, we know, which they don't know this, but they know they would say that this person's trans. And so if they don't get what we've decided they need, that they're going to commit suicide at some point, it'll be because we didn't give them what we've decided they need. None of that has any scientific evidence to it. That's where we are with this. And the smug sideways looks of how, oh, this stupid person hasn't gotten hip with the woke politic. Like that, this is not science. Biology is science. Now you can disagree with that and say that we're changing the way we understand that, but you can just just move the cursor and just say, no longer do we recognizing science. We just pick what we want and act like that's somehow scientific without any scientific backing. That's what's happening. Now you can still argue they're right. Maybe I'm wrong. I disagree. But you don't just get to push people into the new setting and say, nope, that's what it is now. That's politics, guys. And what she's saying is that kids will kill themselves if we don't give them things, which also then seem to dramatically lead to them killing themselves. I guess that works out either way, in a very disgusting and macabre way. Well, a growing number of countries have effectively banned the care to which she's referring. And thank God there's been no wave of suicides or other mental health catastrophes. Three years ago, Finland placed strict limitations on medical interventions for minors. Sweden did the same thing after a 14-year-old girl was found to have osteoporosis and spinal fractures from puberty blockers. That's not a joke, and I'll show you yet again from AP and Reuters telling you the same thing, that these things can lead to very serious bone problems or infertility. That's what you're giving somebody because they just want to wait and find out? <laughs> Think about how wildly ridiculous that is. But the point is she's making is that, well, in these locations where they put this on pause, it's been years. Where's the epidemic of suicide? Apparently it didn't happen. Don't I mean that that's pretty that's obvious observational evidence of the opposite thing happening in all the locations where this has been stopped. But apparently the facts and science don't matter to a political agenda. Oh, shocking. An investigation concluded, quote, the risks of anti-puberty uh, and hormone treatment for those under 18 currently outweigh the possible benefits. Oh, well, look at that. We're right back in COVID land, except on the reverse. Weird how they don't care about that now. Weren't they the ones screaming the benefits outweigh the risks, and that's all that really mattered? Well, we're in a position now where you can prove, based on science, that the risks outweigh the perceived benefits. 
weird how it completely changes when they just feel a different way. It's all politics. They don't care about you. Let that sink in, guys. This is the same. If you can't see how this completely contradicts their previous stands, then you don't want to see it. And you can argue that, they, that, that we, this still might be beneficial to them, but the facts and the science are very clear. That what they now know shows the risks wildly outweigh any perceived future benefits that we can't even begin to monitor, to quantify, or, or we have no metrics for this. We don't have enough time or studies to find out. So right now, that's the obvious point. The risks we know these things can do wildly outweigh the unknown benefits. But I guess that science doesn't apply when it works against their narrative. The UK conducted a review and called the evidence very low. They've also placed severe restrictions on the care that Dr. McNamara calls life-saving. Norway also analyzed the data and has made similar changes in policy. The National Academy of Medicine in France warned, quote, great medical caution must be taken in children and adolescents given the vulnerability of this population and the many undesirable, even serious complications the therapies cause. Doctors in New Zealand and Australia have published similar statements. Is Dr. McNamara suggesting that all these countries are rejecting evidence-based treatment and placing their kids at risk of suicide? Regarding that point of view, Finland's gender expert, Dr. Rita Kaltiela said, quote, it's purposeful disinformation, the spreading of which is irresponsible. All seven countries, and Florida too, of course, concluded that kids don't need their development interrupted, the girls don't need their periods stopped and their voices lowered, and the boys don't need to grow breasts. Now ask yourself, with her little sideways glance here, what do you think she's thinking? Not that this is necessary. It's, you know, it's a, per, it's a subjective point. But really, like, what, if, if, so there's only one or two things I can see. Either she is sitting there going, I'm, that, you know, I, she must be right. I don't have enough science behind this, but I think it's right. I'm going to go with my opinion because I, that's one way to look at it, which would be ridiculous for a doctor to do. On the other side of it, if you just think she buys this, what, she, what must she think about this person? She's spinning out a bunch of scientific studies and facts and information, and she must be thinking if that's the if she just doesn't agree with this that she's somehow wrong, right? Those are fake news. That's those are studies created by right wing extremists. So that's why it's the only reason it's there. Like that's the kind of willful the mindset people take in the two party paradigm, right? That they'll just decide well it doesn't matter if the science says it. If the science says it, then that doctor must be compromised. See how wildly self-serving that is? Oh, there's a guy, McCall's name is in there? Well, he's been debunked, so the whole study's not real. That's pretty dumb. But that, I don't know how else you look at this. Either it's a doctor who is willfully ignoring the evidence or somebody who somehow rationalizes how all of it is fake because of X, Y, and Z. Interesting. What they need is psychotherapy. I have other objections to Dr. McNamara's testimony. She insists that her position, only hers, represents standard medical care. What she doesn't want you to know is that there is no standard. There's a debate. There's right. a fierce debate. That's important with all these, with climate change or anything. That's not, they act like what the consensus of their per current party is, the way everything is. No, there's a scientific debate ongoing for a lot of things. And if we haven't flushed it out, then we shouldn't be moving forward. And yeah, 
the way our political system works, maybe that means we never move forward. But that's that's enough ammunition right there for the people to realize that we have to stop them from controlling the process, right? But nonetheless, the or the, the last thing we should do is allow that process to keep dragging us forward based on the assumption or aggressive forced push of one side or the other saying their opinion is the fact and anything else is fake news. It goes back and forth and back and forth. And the, meanwhile, the truth and the rest of us get caught in the middle. Two-party illusion. Always stopping everything. And on the side opposite her stand such prominent figures as Stephen Levine, Kenneth Zucker, Paul McHugh, and James Cantor, among others. These doctors are giants in the field. They have been treating transgender patients and gathering data and publishing papers about them, and I mean no disrespect here, but since before Dr. McNamara was born. The point is that those veteran clinicians and others who have wisdom and experience are ignored because they disagree with the current narrative. Right. They're against medical interventions for the same reason those seven countries are. There is no evidence of long-term benefit, but there is evidence of harm. It's undeniable. Uh, and by quoting Jamie Reed, the courageous whistleblower from the Children's Gender Clinic in St. Louis, I believe that that hospital receives the medical education funding that we're discussing today. She said that doctors at that clinic said, we are building the plane while we are flying it. We are building the plane while we are flying it. That's how they described the treatment at their gender clinic. Our precious tax dollars should not support such a perilous experiment. I mean, you know, this is what's so frustrating the people who are honest about this is that you can see this everywhere. You realize what she's saying. These are people that maybe have a different opinion of how they should be treating them, but have been treating transgender people for a long time, which doesn't necessarily mean that they're right, right? People were doing lobotomies for a long time, maybe thought they were right. The point is, nonetheless, which that actually more so applies to what's going on with the transgender movement, but either way, the point is that there is a lot of people, I'll just jump to this next, who are speaking up about this from within the very movement. Don't forget, this is from the Associated Press from last year, reporting on, again, the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. That's the WPATH, the same group. And what have I shown you over and over? Well, critics, including from within this community, are the ones themselves saying that they're too quick to offer irreversible treatment to kids who would otherwise outgrow their gender questioning. Psychologist Erica Anderson resigned her post as a board member of the WPATH. Last year, after voicing concerns after what she said were sloppy treatment given to kids without adequate counseling. Guys, these are people leading this movement. And yet now, apparently, the peanut gallery has taken control of the direction. She says they tell her horror stories. Our children had 20 minutes with a doctor before being offered hormones. Think about how crazy that is. 20 minutes. But we've already shown you this is what they're all being pushed. The internal community of people that are apparently not experts, just other parts of the community, are the ones teaching doctors what to do and saying, look, here's what you need to do. We know that we have to write down gender dysphoria, otherwise they won't get treatment. But they're the ones telling us they're not a problem. We don't have a disorder. Our, our, my teacher told me I could just pick. So let's just write down gender dysphoria so they get what we think they need. That's happening. 
That's what I discussed as the gender dysphoria illusion. The movement are the ones pushing back on that, while the doctors are the ones secretly signing it because they it doesn't exist. They do they don't get treatment today unless they write down gender dysphoria or they go somewhere where it's back alley kind of stuff, which is also happening. Jeremy Shaw writes, also the Florida Boards of Medicine workshop held in October 2022, McNamara, who you just saw, in an effort to dismiss the board's request for more robust evidence via random-controlled trials, admits what he believes to be true. She acknowledges that random-controlled trials would be difficult to pass through an institutional review board. It says, I believe she should have been asked to elaborate more, obviously, but the major argument is that usually made by these activist doctors against random-controlled trials is that it would be unethical to withhold what they decided with no evidence is beneficial intervention. I think this is just like the vaccine, guys. Right? As Del Bigtree told you what happened with the studies, the trials. Well, what they do, they remove the placebo control because they said, well, it's unethical to not give them life-saving treatment. You mean the treatment we were deciding was life-saving based on the trials? Okay, where did we decide it was life-saving before we finished the trials that were meant to decide whether or not it was life-saving? See the point? It's about politics and agenda. So they're saying we can't give them, we can't withhold treatment from people that we would be life-saving at a time when we have yet to prove if that's even the case. It is obvious this is an argument relies on an ideological conclusion. The assumption of the unquestionable benefit of these radical interventions, despite evidence to the contrary. That's not just ep- not despite no evidence, despite evidence to the contrary. Consequently, administering dangerous hormones and blockers, performing mastectomies, mastectomies and sexual reassignment surgery on minors who do not have the capacity to consent is defined as beneficial rather than harmful. Very real. Moving on, the state claims that the absence of randomized controlled trials negates all evidence for the benefits of gender-affirming care. First, an RCT, or randomized controlled trial, for gender-affirming care would never pass an institutional review board's safety or ethical standards. Doesn't, isn't that enough? So just don't care about the facts then? Well, here is the standards of care version 8. Right on the main page here, it's saying, just so you can see again, same group, the same group. Oh, and by the way, I didn't go to the last one. There's another one right here. Anderson said she's heard recent estimates suggesting that the rate in kids is high as one in five, which she strongly disputes. A leading person at this leading clinic in the world is telling people that now children are one in five. One in every five children are trans. Right, which apparently is up from a fraction of a percent in adults. So somehow, magically, more kids have just become trans when it was a fraction of the. That makes no sense, except that it's being targeted at your children, and that this expert disputes strongly. But it's still happening, though, right? Because that person on the street who's trans tells you they know everything. Because that's what's happening. This rabid movement to people that have no standing in the medical community, or our doctors, or our scientists, are the ones telling you that they know and are shouting down doctors. That number likely reflects gender questioning kids who aren't good candidates for lifelong medical treatment or physical changes. That is the expert telling you this. Right. Marcy Bowers, Dr. Marcy Bowers, the transgender health group's president-elect. The president-elect of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health says that she's also raised her concerns about hasty treatment for children. How in the every time I read this, it drives me up the wall. Dr. Julia Mason, an Oregon pediatrician, raised concerns about the increasing numbers of youngsters who are getting transgender treatments. She said too many in the field are jumping the gun. She, this, this is Associated Press. This argue this article is largely pro treatment. 
She argues there isn't strong evidence in favor of transgender medical treatments for kids. In medicine, the treatment has to be proven safe and effective before we can start recommending it, I guess, that unless it's COVID injections. Experts say the most rigorous research, studies comparing treatment of kids to the outcome of unrelated kids, untreated kids, would be unethical and psychologically harmful. Okay, here we go. So one, on one side, they're telling us, well, we can't do random control trials because they'll never pass safety. They, they won't allow it. <laughs> on the other side, they say, well, we can't compare them to the untreated kids. Well, because that would be harmful. What a perfect situation. So all these negative things are happening, but you're not allowed to point at it because that would be unnecessary and harmful and unsafe. The new guidelines include starting medication called puberty blockers in the early stages of puberty. This is saying around eight, but we've seen it. They're talking about three, four, five years old. And then, of course, if you want to know this part of it as well, as the Associated Press is telling you, Reuters made the same point. The blockers, which they're giving children, again, once they just have a thought about wanting to be a girl one day or a boy, they weaken your bones when started too young, you know, as in prepubescent. They might impair sexual function. The long-term evidence is lacking. How is this even possible? Sex hormones? Age 14, infertility, weight gain, strokes, high blood pressure. But yeah, but it's all safe and effective, right? Well, here's a stat article that breaks this down really graphically. Drugs used to halt puberty in children may cause lasting health problems. I mean, you read it for yourself. It's undeniable. And then as, as they're telling you that they don't have a disorder anymore, even though the doctor's writing it down, Every step of this, you can see that there's something very dark and problematic going on. But it gets ran right over the top because we're not allowed to point this stuff out. Abigail Martinez is telling you about her daughter who committed suicide under the stress of multiple hormone treatments three years ago. Was begging people not to pass this bill, which passed anyway. James Esses, who was just recently relieved from his position at, the, at, his, at his college for expressing concern about this, just sat in on a trans summit. And some of the stuff they get into is very concerning. Basically, Pink News is the group putting this forward. They've been forced to settle out of court for publishing libelous information. So I don't know why they're supposed to be an arbiter of truth here. But it's the same Pink News who published an article criticizing the government's proposals to implement age blockers on pornographic sites. That's important. Right, so These groups are actively arguing that children should be allowed to look at pornographic material. This is, that doesn't mean everybody in this movement agrees with that. But there's a clear, dark undertone to this that people aren't acknowledging who don't want to see that there's a problem going on here. There's the same Pink News who launched an initiative with Snapchat entitled Pure Trans Joy, a series of videos with young trans individuals showing off their scars. Right, So promoting surgery for minors. Why is that okay? seven-hour event, unlisted. He makes the point that's very concerning that they act like everyone should know this stuff, but then actively keep it from view. From a very outside of the event, it was clear that open dialogue or debate was not allowed. Attendees were told it's housekeeping, it's a safe space, and you can't challenge anybody's experiences or what they say, so everything everybody says is true no matter what, because you can't, that, it's all based on personal subjective opinion. In height of hypocrisy and inconsistency, the audience were told to explicitly not to be offensive when engaging with trans people, but that, quote, it's okay if we offend other people by being our authentic selves. Right. So white people are racist by default, but we can't be racist to you. See how that works? Same thing. Same kind of political nonsense. That that was never about white-black. It was about politics and division, guys. Same game. 
you're not allowed to be offensive. And anything we think you're doing wrong, we'll call offensive. But we're allowed to be openly offensive to you because we're being our authentic selves. Okay, well, what if my authentic self is calling you something you're not? Oops. <laughs> I guess it is very subjective and applies to what you decide in the moment. That's a big problem, guys. And it's obvious, and anybody honest can see that. Dr. Doyle began by expressing discontent that the UK gender clinics act as a gatekeeper from trans people getting the medication and surgery they desire. At what point did hospitals become drug dealers? To, these, to, the, to them, that's what this is. You're not allowed to tell me that I'm not allowed. Well, yeah, that's how this has always gone. You're supposed to go in and get diagnosed. Now, I could have a conversation about how that might apply in the circumstances, but we're talking about untested, un low long-term studies, and on children. It's so far beyond okay. He expressed support for systems which enable people to walk into a clinic and start on cross-sex hormones the very same day. See the point, guys? This is not an anomaly. It's what they're pushing for for your children. This is particularly concerning for a medical professional to say in light of the potentially irreversible and harmful ramifications. They don't care. He went on to accuse those professionals, at least in this, in this movement, I should say, and governments who do not facilitate medical transitioning as handing down a death sentence for trans people. This is how they play this game. So because you've suddenly decided that anybody who decides one day they want to start this because they saw some TV show or their teachers told them they could be tomorrow and change, their day, change the next day, that that somehow means that you're giving them a death sentence by not immediately giving them things that they can't take back. I don't know how anybody can take this seriously. Again, the line for choice is where this always comes down to. They're creating a world where you're not allowed as a parent to even step in. You have to stand back. That is so alarming. It goes well beyond just this one topic. The government has always tried to control your children's lives. Most shocking of all was when he expressly, expressly recommended families and children getting in touch with this one group called Mermaids, who right now is being investigated by the Charity Commission for safeguarding concerns. And how much you want to bet, in my opinion, that means that they're overlooking concerns that we might have about children. And this to these people, that's a pro in this one group I'm talking about. Dr. Doyle finished by blaming the infertility caused by these very hormones on a lack of gamete storage in the UK before recommending the workplaces arrange fundraisers for staff who want to medically transition. There's nothing scientific or medical about this. It's a choice. And what's funny is when that first started, that was offensive. Now they're going... If you don't say it's a choice, I decide. Now that's offensive. See how that quickly changes? This is the same Emily Hamilton who previously used a Nazi slur against him on Twitter, the same person who's calling him out, even though he's Jewish. You know how stupid this is? So these are the same people now who decide, no matter what you are, black, white, Jewish, whatever, that you are a right-wing Nazi if you just say the thing they've decided means that. So you could be a Jewish, black person, child, it doesn't even matter. Right? That's why you have suddenly black people can be no white supremacists today because <laughs> that doesn't matter to them. They're getting so sloppy with this that they just want to lump in any. That's always been our point, though, isn't it? It's just about dissidents. That's it. You disagree with this? Well, now you're a Nazi while this person actively supports the funding of Nazis in Ukraine because that makes sense. These people are clowns. There is no room for these views in the new world. That's a statement they made. So it's not about accepting people's opinions. It's not about openness and object no you're not allowed to have these views welcome to wrong think thought crime this is the point guys it's not about you expressing that you're not even allowed to have these views anymore so that's one that comes down to the point they made the other day where you'd think it would be a win for certain people to just know that you're suppressing your date your disgusting racist opinions 
right? For whoever out there might be a racist, right? Somebody out there might be, they might hate black people and they might decide to not express that. Isn't that a win for those people? Like that should be a win for everybody, right? These disgusting racist people are not expressing their racist opinions. The, in a world that you somehow think you can remove that opinion from somebody or cease, stop them from existing, is so childish, like to the point to where you want, you're want you just stomping your feet. You're not allowed to think this in the world that I want to live in. To the point to where you want to step in and rub their nose in it. Force them to think. Now look, you can obviously point out that somebody's disgusting. You have a view that is just disgusting and gross and you're a racist person. But that's also called free speech and they're right to think what they want. The problem is that they're going past that to the point and they're coming out and they're telling you now. Nope, not anymore. You're not allowed to feel this. And if we even get the wind that we think you might be wink, wink, saying what we think we want to assume you mean, well, we're going to take you down. Even if that never even crossed your mind. (laughs) That's where we are today. And that doesn't apply to this one conversation, but it's on display. The panel also featured the chief operating office of Wix, the large home improvement retailer, Fraser Longden. Longden, the chief, the COO of Wix, shockingly called anyone very cowardly on a video he i think assumed nobody would see that disagrees with him on the topic he called them all bigots before saying that they are quote not welcome in our stores anymore well guess what london that just went out to make sure everybody everywhere who shops at wix is aware that this guy thinks you're a bigot and doesn't want your business if you think that transgender treatment should be not be given to children how much you want to bet this is going to be another Bud Light and it's going to blow up in his face. He also claimed that 90% of the population are just slightly ignorant. Think of the hubris on a statement like that. These effect, 90%. What's funny about that is in the idea of a, de- a democracy or just general society perceptions, that's supposed to mean that you're wrong, right? When everybody thinks something and you don't, Are you right and they're all wrong? It's usually the other way around. But my point is, I don't think 90% of the population are racist. I think that's stupid. These offensive, divisive, and discriminatory remarks by an absolute absolute outrage, he writes, I wonder how the majority of Wix customers would feel, knowing his senior management holds them in such disdain. Interesting to see how that pans out. Most concerning of all was a mother who shared her story of allowing her son to socially transition at six years old. Now, the point is, you take a step back, you may think, well, that doesn't matter. They can socially train. You can call yourself a woman, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, at one point, I might have been like, whatever. But the problem is, that's not where this ends. The moment that six-year-old goes to their teacher and says, I'm a woman, they go, perfect. Here, go talk to this doctor. We, that, that's not even up for debate, guys. That is what they're telling you is the right thing to do. Because maybe they don't know that it causes lasting harm. Maybe they don't care. But yes, so now social transitioning is... Not even, that's less than a quarter step away from puberty blockers. And now they're telling you, guess what? That you don't even need to ask your parents permission anymore. Just, we'll secretly take you to the doctor and you don't even need to tell them. That is so far above them. It's over the top. It scares me. This event claimed to be all about inclusive, inclusion and diversity. In reality, it was for It was a front for lies, hatred, scaremongering, discriminatory statements, and ideological indoctrination, all being facilitated and supported by some of the largest corporations in the country. Yep, because it's a lot bigger than we think. This is just a story that Billboard Chris points out about parents who told them they pulled their kids out of school after they found out that they were being socially transitioned for months without their knowledge. 
By social transition, he means their daughter had a name change, was using he, him pronouns. I'm, I will bet you my life that these teachers had already tried to get her in touch with the doctor because they've decided that anybody that doesn't want that for them is a bigot. This is so dangerous. This is the weaponization of the transgender movement and the focus on your kids. It's not a secret. Now, here's the last couple parts I'm going to get into, seeing as how we're almost three anyway. Well, I missed my mark today. I went too long, but that's how it goes. <laughs> anyway, Josh Champagne Joshi puts out a really important clip. Now, actually, I think I'm just going to share the beginning of this, and I'll let you watch the rest of it. It's already eight minutes long. But this is the same post. He, he put out a great post about this that shows you the origins of this. Now, in no way does this mean that everybody that is pushing this or everyone involved with it is even aware of this. But there are very clear roots to what they point at as the origin of a lot of this to people that are sexual predators. There's no denying that. And here is a professor, Professor Derek Jensen, speaking with his class about this exact topic. So actually, actually, it seems you're acting like this is a spurious connection. So we're going to play Jeopardy. This is, we're going to play queer theory, we're going to play queer theory, pedophilia, Jeopardy. Okay, answer. Uh, commonly called the godfather of queer theory. Who is Foucault? Who is Foucault? I got it. Okay. And all these names he's listing are all the, the people, the lead of this, you know, seen as the background of this movement. 100 points. Um, Foucault. Uh, another way to ask this is who argued, no, I guess the answer would be, argued for the eradication of age of consent laws as in down to infants? Who is Foucault? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Next one. Um, uh, the author of the the author of the uh, founding document of queer theory. Who is Gail Rubin? Who is Gail Rubin? Um, what percentage? No, no. The answer is fifty percent. Question is the amount in that article that was a defense of pedophilia, specifically quote boy lovers. That was really low. It said the fifty percent of the article was defending what they called boy lovers, pedophilia. So in the chat, somebody's saying he was just visiting the campus. It's not his students, but the point is he's a professor speaking to students, and and it's what he's. It's, it's just undeniable that there is a connection back to people like this. Now again, that doesn't mean everybody knows this or is aware of that, but it matters. Oh. He reads a quote right here. And since you're not believing me, quote, quote, this is in the founding document of queer theory. Like communists and homosexuals in the 1950s, boy lovers are so stigmatized that it is difficult to find defenders of their civil liberties, let alone for their erotic orientation. That's in the founding document of queer theory. Founding document, right? Stuff they point out today. Now, it's, it's just these things need to be addressed. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm using facts. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I'll leave it there. You can watch this for yourself, right? I mean, it, it's, it's very obvious, and we've already gone over this pretty deep with some of Josh's work in the past. As he writes, the, the dirty little secret adherents of queer theory refuse to acknowledge or ignore is that the intellectuals who helped create it, Foucault, I think is how he pronounced it, Rubin and Butler, are at the very least ad, ad, advocated for the decriminalization of pedophilia and saw no problem with it. It's important to understand this stuff. Now, he goes on to do a lot more work here. Please check it out. Josh is doing some great threads. Here is a, tra a drag queen who wants to tell you their opinion about children coming around what they're doing. What, what in the hell has a drag queen ever done? 
to make you have so much respect for them and admire them so much other than put on makeup and and jump on the floor and writhe around and do sexual things on stage i have absolutely no idea why you would want that to influence your child would you want a stripper or a porn star to influence your child it, it makes no sense at all a drag queen performs in a nightclub for adults there is a lot of filth that goes on a lot of sexual stuff that goes on and backstage there's a lot of nudity sex and drugs okay so i don't think that this is a, a an avenue you would want your child to explore they could explore dressing up at home like we all did like all gay boys did we all dressed at home and we had a great time we had a great time with our girlfriends putting on makeup trying on clothes things like that but to actually get them involved in drag is extremely extremely irresponsible on your part and I understand you might want to look like you're with it, that you're cool, that you're woke. That really is so much more than you realize part of this problem. There's so, so many feeble-minded followers out there, women that just want to be part of the movement and they want their neighbors and their friends to think they're hip with the new thing. And I mean, you might think that's wild. That's part, that is absolutely enough to get parents to put their children in this position. Now, again, it's not necessarily about the fact that it's a drag queen being present, but why is that even necessary? Why? And because, again, her point, his point here is that this is something that's inherently sexual, which we all know that's the whole point of all of this. So you can have, like, if the whole argument they're trying to make is about how it's like a problem with transgender people be around your children, why is it so important then to dress that? Well, by the way, this is the, here's an interesting point, by the way. There are, this person, this person says he's gay. Now, that would offend trans people. They would say, no, 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 you're, what, you're dressed as a woman, so you're trans. You're not gay, you're trans. Well, they disagree with that, right? So the problem is that you have a bunch of people dressed up like women that are full males. That's not trans it, in the context of what, how many of these former drag queen kind of gay people see it. They're just gay people dressed up like women for fun. But see, what's interesting is that became focused on, and so now you've got this hypersexualized, like absurd, like the white face painting and the feathers and all this crazy stuff to read the children. Explain that to me. How does that even make sense? That does not represent the average trans person. Not even close. It's because it's obviously politicized, guys. I mean, I don't know why the average person can't stand back and see that. Because that average mom is too afraid to be seen as doing the wrong thing. So they end up taking their kids to a bunch of weirdly sexualized, hyper, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I don't understand why they don't feel uncomfortable while they're doing it. That you're not a Nazi, that you're not a homophobe, whatever, whatever it may be. But you can raise your child to be just a normal, regular, everyday child without including them in gay, sexual things. And honestly, you're not doing the gay community any favors. In fact, you're hurting us, okay? We have already had a reputation of being pedophiles and being perverts and deviants. We don't need you to bring your children around. So Think about that's an interesting point, right? So from somebody's perspective that's been fighting for gay rights, let's say, who's just been trying to show people that this is, you know, it's, it's a stigma and not every single gay person is X, Y, and Z, right? We somehow have come along with that in this country, even though it's weirdly kind of been pushed back by some people that are now warping in everything gay and trans together, which is part of the game, right? That's part of the agenda. The point, though, is that think about what, what he just said there, that you're bringing your kids around something that we know is inherently sexualized 
And to most of them, they're like, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Aren't we the ones fighting to expose that's not the case? Now, in some people's minds, they'll just think that that proves their entire point. But I don't think that's the case. And I think it's really concerning that we just follow along with this in so many cases. Like, you know, yeah, same points like he made. The right will go along with this because it, they argue it represents everything they're saying. And the left will ignore it all. I can like nothing is happening. And mo a lot of the average people get stuck in the middle, not sure what to do. So you keep your kids at home or take them to Disneyland or take them to Chuck E. Cheese. But if you need your child to be entertained by a big human in a costume or in makeup, take them to the circus or something. When they turn 18, then why don't you take them to the clubs on their 18th birthday? Because it's an adult thing, okay? So don't ruin your child's life and don't ruin us because that's what you're doing. Well, of course, what's going to happen, though, is that that person is going to be called a transphobe or, you know, I mean, this is just how ridiculous it's gotten where they're eating themselves alive, right? Where the lesbians are being attacked because they're 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 actually just secretly trans. And I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And of course, the people like KJP act like none of that's happening. And they just present it as this this woke movement where everyone's coming together, except you racist right Republicans. We just live in this fantasy world, man. It's just insulting. Well, just quickly to wrap up the last few points here, Matt Walsh put out something else I think is really important. He says that they've obtained internal documents from Fox News employees, which you can look at, which again, though, by the way, are just screenshots. Which I, I feel like, oh, actually, I forgot I was going to, let's see. I was going to follow up and see if he posted something somewhere else that maybe there was more to it. But as far as I can tell, this was just a bunch of screenshots. There's always, that matters. Always should matter no matter who's doing it, what side they seem to be from. Nonetheless, the point is he's claiming that they have encouraged employees to read about glory holes, supporting a group that gives sterilizing hormones to youth, homeless youth, which we just showed you, and deployed woke AI to monitor everyone. Now, the one point I'm going to show you is the idea that what we were just talking about. The Trevor Project, which Fox says is devoted to helping LGBTQ youth people host a sexually explicit chat room that connects children as young as 13 with LGBT adults. So you can act like this makes sense, but there's obviously a problem there. If, you, if that was 13-year-old girls with, uh, with men, like you could just, it's the framing. The problem is that this is top-down, left-right illusion. There's some crazy stuff in here you can read for yourself. The center, which Fox calls unstoppable, has posted a video of a mother surprising her trans daughter with the child's first dose of, dose, dose of hormones. Look how young she is. That's, that's wildly below. That They should be on blockers in their own logic until they reach puberty. All of which is super dangerous and none should be happening. But it just the point is there's no science behind this. They're just doing whatever they want. And according to the community, that's exactly what you should be doing. And I already showed you this, so I'm just going to leave it there. The point is focusing on your children, right? She reads this book. It's called Queer, which was given to their students, children. It talks about gay toys, gay sex, including sex toys, kink, BDSM, fellatio. That's not anatomy, guys. That is sexual pornography for children. And it's very alarming how on the surface this is right now. Lastly, I think I'm going to focus on this in another upcoming show because I really want to spend more time on this. But this is really concerning to me. So we're talking about children who are being given dramatic and irreversible surgeries based on assumptive points in lieu of any kind of previous medical treatment we might have talked about, right? This is from yesterday. Teens with severe obesity are turning to surgery and new weight loss drugs. Fantastic. So now, kids, in some cases minors, but teens could also be 18s, 18-year-olds, 
are instead of trying to be healthy, exercising, eating right, recognizing that even things you think are eating right in this country are terrible for you and go for whole foods and, you know, not the store, but whole fruits and vegetables, eating your own things, growing your own foods. The idea is that people out there still think that going to Subway is healthy. Like we need to completely reevaluate what we think is health in this broken, disgusting country of, in, in regard to the food and health that we live in, our medical system, leading cause of death. Like we are lost. They're going to surgery and drugs. So you can look at this a lot of different ways. The one that stands out to me the most is that your children are being focused on for surgery and drugs. Doesn't that apply with pretty much every other thing we look at? Oh, they're, they're active. They're overly active. Give them drugs. Oh, they're, they're acting like they're kind of sad. Today. Give them drugs. Oh, they got something wrong? Let's chop it off. Give them drugs. That's, that is our medical system today. And it is horrifying. I'm going to follow up on this again, but my God, man. I mean, and oddly still focused on your children. Well, I just showed you this the other day, and I wanted to play a clip from this to finish. UN chief calls for coordinated global action on disinformation, hate, and artificial intelligence. All of which, what he's calling disinformation, hate, are all the same thing, all the things that we're proving they're lying about. Vaccine misinformation, transgender conversation, all of this stuff. And what is he calling for? A global coordinated action to stop you from being able to express or think what you want. Platforms are being misused to subvert science and spread disinformation and hate to billions of people. This clear and... Which, by the way, is called free speech. I guess they forgot that. ...present global threat demands clear and coordinated global action. Our policy brief on information integrity on digital, pl digital platforms puts forward a framework for a concerned international response. My God. So he's straight up calling for a worldwide response to your speech. That's not a joke. The UN, WEF, WHO, all these groups are working together in this very clear direction. It's not very secret. The proliferation of hate and lies in the digital space is causing a grave global harm. What he really means is our inability to lie to you without question is causing us issues with our agenda. This clear and present global threat demands clear and coordinated global action. Clear and present threat. Guys, that is a classic term, clear and present danger. That's a political and legal term. It's used for a reason. They are straight up telling you that your ability to express your thoughts, if they're, maybe even if they're wrong, is a clear and present threat to everything. We don't have a moment to lose. And Alex follows up with exactly the right point, showing you what criminals these people are. As a UN official, you might be familiar with this bit of prose. It's firm. It's from, excuse me, the UN Declaration of Human Rights. Any part of that article unclear to you? Article 19. Everyone has the right to freedom of opinion and expression. This right includes freedom to hold opinions without interference and to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas through any media and regardless of frontiers. That directly contradicts what he just said. So their point is, it doesn't matter anymore. Nothing is sacred. We're at an unprecedented point in the world where speech is killing everybody. So we need to stop it. So the Constitution, Bill of Rights, or UNESCO document, none of it matters anymore because you're in so much danger. 
We've heard this before. Don't fall for it. The danger is coming from the very people acting like you're in danger, trying to control your life. And here's the craziest part. This is the kind of thing that they're telling you is the truth while they're fighting to stop us from pointing out these lies. This person, which, by the way, I think is probably a phony account, quite honestly, with this Patriot Front image. But either way, people do believe this. The manipulation of public opinion on COVID has been intense and successful. Most people I know believe three of six of these. He says they're all lies. Lockdowns weaken the immune system. Prove them by peer-reviewed science. COVID, like, COVID was like a cold or flu. Proven by peer-reviewed science. Kids don't spread it. Proven by literally everything. It's seasonal, which is what they're currently telling you, man. <laughs> I don't even know if I agree with it. The point is that's what their narrative is. So are you debating the anti-vaxxers or the government that you're supposed to trust? Masks don't work, says the CDC in 2020 and everything else since. But, you know, fake news. Six, no one dies of COVID now. Well, I don't know anybody saying that. The point is either people saying it doesn't exist or only the vaccinated are dying. The point is the way that this is being framed, it shows you that the pandemic of misinformation is right here in these people and what they're spreading. So thank you for continuing to support this platform as we fight for you and the truth at all costs, no matter what, including the growth, the reach, resources. <laughs> this is what matters, guys. So thank you for being here and continuing to fight for the truth. I'm working at trying to make these things, as I've said a thousand times, but I really, really am day in and day out lately. Like today was going to be one of them, but going forward from here, I'm really making a strong effort to try to, at least for a limited time, to see how this reflects, to break these down at least under two and try to minimize what I look at. There's just so much to talk about. And think like if half the stuff, if I didn't talk about it today, it would just drift in the background and I wouldn't be able to follow up on it because every day so much happens, which is the point of the endless news cycle, right? But I'm going to keep doing this no matter what, but I'm going to do my best to get this to reach the people that need to see it because I know you guys are here for the right reasons. And I know you guys understand, you know, even if you disagree with me, that, that it's important to be critical of things that the government's saying, critical of what I'm saying, but I want to reach those people that are still lock stock on the narrative. And the way we do that is to get some smaller content, but we won't stop, guys. So if you want to support this platform, as always, I didn't include them today, which I'm going to be doing generally going forward, but Substack on the donation platform right on the website. We have lots of cryptocurrency donations. You can go to Subscribestar, Cash App, you know, all these different ways you can support this platform, but we need your help, guys. We need your support. If you want to see this platform continue to grow and just maintain the level of output we have right now, we need your support. So find somebody out there that, interested in funding <laughs> or reach out and give us a dollar or reach out and more importantly than anything share the content the shared content goes to somebody else who can share the content and that's more important than any money always will be thank you for being here i love you all as always question everything come to your own conclusions stay vigilant thank you for the opportunity to speak today i am a lifelong north carolinian i've been in wake county for most of my life and received my middle and high school education right here in wake county public schools i'm here today to express my concern about the priority of academic advancement and our need to invest more resources in the right places and less in the wrong places this particular book is called queer the ultimate lgbtq guide for teens and is in high schools throughout Wake County. I'll read some of it for you. Just as there are many different types of relationships, there are a gazillion ways to have sex. Not all gay men have anal sex, nor do all lesbians like oral sex. Not all trans guys wear dildos. 
It's a rainbow, darling. You'll need to figure out for yourself what you like at some point. Have patience with yourself and get plenty of practice to enjoy sex. Don't worry, very few people will turn down the opportunity for more practice. It talks about 